It is time for after the week following night one of WrestleMania 39. Uh, I'm Denise Salcedo, and I'm joined by the one, the only, Will Washington. Will, we're here after what feels like a freaking crazy-ass weekend. Um, I know we have so much to get into today. Like, the people don't even know. There's just so much that happened on, uh, like, on-camera wrestling-wise, off-camera wrestling-wise. Will, you're back in Denver, Colorado. How are you feeling? I feel great. And I have to say, it is great to see you, Denise. Uh, mainly, great to see you in home mode for a minute. And I know it's not gonna last very long. Uh, no, honestly, it's great. Yeah, this is this is me. Uh, I'm seriously being complimentary because uh, all week you have been in go 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 mode. You have been glammed up. You've been done up, and it is just for a minute nice to see you for until you got to be back at it shortly here. But uh, it's nice to see you just kind of in chill mode. Dude, I thought I wasn't going to make it on time for this podcast. I literally hopped on at 10.15. Had I not had those extra 15 minutes, like, I don't know. We would not have made this. Like, I would not have made this podcast. Uh, like, I barely made it by the skin of my teeth here today. Uh, it has been, like, freaking crazy, Will. As you know, um, every day it's been, like, 5 a.m. wake up, sometimes like 4.30, so around there, and then going to sleep past 1 a.m. It, it's just been kind of nuts, to be honest. And even last night, like I'm literally walking and doing the freaking hopping on to do the five full post show really quickly. And then I came home and I was like, oh, my God, I have to get my videos up. And then by the time I went to sleep, I was like, I have to wake up early. You know, I almost wanted to push the show till till 11 for today but then i was like no will's gonna get mad <laughs> so let's do 10 15 this is the latest i can push it um so yeah but will how are you feeling in terms of like just an overall weekend because a lot of people well, i don't know if you've already said this on the air but you had like the worst travel week ever <laughs> oh my god yeah i i mentioned it on grapsity but uh to give a quick recap of it all uh i was supposed to only be in la one day stayed with denise here thank you for your hospitality by the way denise is is the goat although only two minor complaints one denise's house is freaking cold and i <laughs> can't stress that sweaters <laughs> i cannot stress this enough i know i posted it and was was giving her grief although a whole bunch of people came at me like no this is optimal temperature you gotta keep your house at 63 i'm like what are you talking okay, about i didn't do it on purpose my house does its thing on its own wherever it's set at just like naturally like i have not touched that thing in months i kid you not like i just let my house be uh yeah it's cold uh, Denise's floors are cold. Like everything about it is just cold. Because this uh, is because I'm a cold-hearted person, Will. So this is my <laughs> lair. This is where I do my evil work. Lair is definitely the best way to put that. What's that? Uh, um, freaking Elsa from fucking uh, Frozen. Frozen, yeah. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah, that honestly, it's like the snow castle in her house. Like I, uh, but on the other hand, it was. Uh, it was a great relief to not have to necessarily worry about where I was going to stay because when it comes to L.A., that tends to be expensive. And to have a friend in the area who has the space was uh, great. Did you tell people what happened to your phone or are we not telling people that? Oh, of course I've told people what happened oh, to my phone. you already told people? Yeah, I've told people what happened to my phone. Uh, so at the moment, in case anybody's wondering why I don't have any pictures of the uh, of the weekend, 
is because still at the moment my phone camera is filled with water specifically toilet water from, from my De toilet from denise's toilet because my dumb self set my phone on the shelf above denise's toilet when and i went to super flimsy it's super flimsy and i didn't know that and, Sorry, you can uh, tell that shit's leaning forward, Will. It's I, falling apart. I've been needing to change those. And there were so many other spots for you to put your phone. I can't believe you literally chose the worst spot. <laughs> I didn't know that. I said it there and then I walk away and I hear a clank and uh, I was like, I wonder what that was. Huh. <laughs> and, and then when I walked back in, my phone had probably been because I didn't like immediately go to check what it was. I hear that clank. And when I finally see what it was, it had been like five minutes. So my phone sat and soaked in toilet water. Granted, clean toilet water but nonetheless. Be, yeah yeah you know it's funny though i made sure to tell you because i had just done like a full scrub of the toilet you know so that was the cleanest water toilet water you were gonna get yeah so uh my phone is uh it's usable in the sense no one can hear me the the speaker i mean the microphone on it is fried uh but it's usable at the moment except no, neither uh none of the cameras work front camera back camera nothing works i can't take any pictures uh and can't record anything, no audio. So I am going to replace it probably today. But uh, this was not ideal. This was yeah, not. Yeah, so you were supposed to leave what? Friday morning? I was supposed to leave Friday morning. So I was supposed to get there Thursday afternoon. But I made a last minute change because of some of the stuff I had to do Thursday. So I ended up coming in Wednesday. Um, and so that was on the front end. Denise gave me an extra day. Uh, and then on the other end, I was supposed to leave uh yeah friday, friday morning. morning friday morning yes you're right i was supposed to leave friday morning 9 a.m uh there was some shifty stuff with that and i ended up getting my 9 a.m flight change to 2 p.m um and the 2 p.m flight ended up getting delayed to 4 30 and so and this is why look i know let me put this nicely because uh, I am a stockholder and I need to be careful about how I put this. So I typically know the airlines I like to fly, but for whatever reason, Sean Ross Sapp is, it doesn't care. And Sean Ross Sapp is like, yeah, I fly Spirit. No problem flying Spirit. And He's I was from like- from Kentucky, Will. That should tell you everything <laughs> you need to know. And so I'm like, okay, it was cheap enough coming back. I'll fly Spirit coming back. Should be a problem flying Spirit coming back. Why would you do that to yourself, Will? Why? You, you know what? God dang. Will? And never, ever again. I don't care. Spirit's made me a lot of money. But on the other side of that, um, part of that is that I don't fly it whatsoever. I had a 2 p.m. flight booked. The flight gets... Delayed to 4.30. I got an email. I was at um, Andreas Hale's um, Wrestling Media Mixer. It was really good. There was a great panel for um, women in wrestling media. It was, it was just an excellent time and um, some great uh, networking and conversation had at it. Uh, but while I'm there, I get an email that says your flight's been delayed to 4.30. Okay, fine. I'm going to plan my afternoon around getting or flying out at 4.30 and keep an eye on these emails in case anything changes. I get to my gate. 
4 o'clock. That is a reasonable time to get to a 4.30 departure, correct? Would you feel that's a reasonable yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, specifically being at the gate. Yeah, yeah. And the gate says 4 p.m. departure. And I look at it and I'm like, that can't be right. And uh, I ask the people at the counter and they're like, yeah, we've already closed the doors. Um, we're taking off. And 10 other people show up behind me like, what's going on? The We didn't know anything about a uh, 4 o'clock departure. The email said 4.30. And they're like, yeah, well, we made an announcement over the loudspeaker. One, nobody listens to those. Two, you sent an email out communicating a 4.30 change, but you didn't send an email out indicating the change back to 4. And so multiple people were off of this flight. We're all screwed. And uh, they were so unaccommodating. They were so rude about the entire thing. I'm not going to get into what I said or what they said back, but it was just a nightmare of a situation. They finally did send an email. I've documented proof. They sent an email at 4.02 that the flight had been moved back to 4. So that's going to be a problem. Uh, but I ended up, I'm like, I should have just listened to my gut. And I ended up booking a United flight. Cost me $600 to get home. Uh, but I did get myself home. Nightmare of a travel situation. So with my phone and my travel and all of that, I just, I, I had a very upsetting, angry time there. I'm still annoyed by it. But the part that made up for it was one, the wrestling, and two, the people. Um, being, like I said, at the mixer, it was very good. Wale Mania is always a hoot, and it was nice to be there again. And Denise, you went to your first Wale Mania. Yeah, that was fun. Although I was, I didn't, I didn't want to go because I was already fucking tired, Will. And then mm -hmm. you get send me a message, and you're like, <laughs> you were like, this is literally what you said. You were like, oh, no. I'm feeling fun. <laughs> Denise, come, come to the come to Wally Mania, and I was your ride back, so I kind of had no choice but to go. So I was like, God damn it, Will! I wanted to be at ten at bed at ten. Okay, <laughs> I ended up going to bed at one thirty, all because of you. And I had a five a.m. wake up call to be on fucking television the next day and my ass was partying at Wally Mania. <laughs> I don't party, Will. I am I know, the most anti-party person ever. Oh, that was how I guilted her into going, by the yes, way, because I because won't say... You made me out to look like a fucking nerd. <laughs> I you didn't. You're out here telling people, oh yeah, Denise is not going to come because she's a fucking nerd and she doesn't do anything bad and she just likes to go home and do her homework and study like a nerd. That's what she did to me. So I had to go out there and prove that I wasn't a fucking nerd. First off, I didn't do any of that. That's what Literally, that felt like. I know. I knew that's how you were going to take that too when I told you. But I will say, because literally <laughs> it all came about because uh, in getting to Wally Mania, uh, somebody who, look, there's a lot of people who help run Wally Mania, but specifically uh, I was asked, there somebody who knows great friends with Denise was like, Hey, where is Denise coming tonight? And I was like, nah, she's yeah, going she to go to any of this. No, so I, what? Said. no, I didn't say that. I, all I said was, Oh no, Denise is at, uh, she's at the impact new Japan show. And the response <laughs> I got was, Oh yeah, Denise wouldn't come to anything like this anyway. And I thought, Ooh, that's, that's good. 
And I told you about this, and I could tell you there's no way you would ever take that. Take the feeling of people thinking, no, I'm not no freaking nerd. I'm not going to not go to an event where everybody is. I have to be there. And so, yeah, I maybe guilted you into doing so by telling you that story. But I'm not the one who felt that way. No, that was I had to go get you because you didn't have a ride back. That I mean, was look, my primary, I, that was my primary I would have found reason, a way though. back. Look, I told you. You no. should have told me. I would have gone to sleep at 10. Denise, what was the first thing I said when I asked you for a ride? I said, Denise, you don't have to. And I tell you that every time. And not in that text. I did. The first thing I said was, Denise, it's I'm okay. I'll find it. And then Sean okay. was all, hey, are you going to go to Wally Mania? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I got I to give Will a ride, this and that. He's like, well, because I kind of want to go. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's go. So then we all... So it's everybody oh, else's fault that you went other than the fact that... You, you, but look, you showed face and uh, like, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, and, and by honestly, the way, like... That was my partying experience for the whole year. I have a one year that that last that's gonna last me one year when I'm saying this. I don't gotta party till next year. Honestly, Wale Mania should be everybody's party experience. <clears throat> I think uh, the thing I love about Wale Mania every year is that it cuts the wrestling barriers down. That for one day you're seeing people from Impact, New Japan, AEW, WWE all coming together to just enjoy each other and party and and have a good time, and uh, it was great. And the the tribute to Biggie um, was really really good. Uh, the Usos did a great interview to start the whole thing. I. I don't know. I, I, it's a good time every single year, and I love it for that reason, especially in an age where people can be so divided about pro wrestling. It's a great reminder that the talent doesn't care about any of that. They're just there to support each other and have a good time with each other. All right. Well, speaking of a good time, let's get into the wrestling talk because we got so much to talk about. Um, heads up, guys. Please send in your love if you can. Um, if you can and if you want to, if you want to get your question, your comment, your statement, or just support this podcast, please send in that super chat so that we can save Will's phone um, from toilet water. <laughs> um, but yeah, for real, guys, send in those super chats. They do help us out tremendously. If not, we'll still go ahead and pull out some comments. But let's get right to this. We got our first super chat of the day. This is from Matthew Makovsky, who says, what a fun weekend so far, and we aren't even done. We Still got two more days, uh, one more night of WrestleMania, and then also uh, Raw after Mania. Mr. Higglesby sends in a super chat saying, great work at NXT Stand and Deliver Hollywood. Uh, thank you so much for sending that in. That was absolutely freaking bananas. Um, I had a great time, and it, what really made it special was the fact that it was uh, – at the former uh, Staples Center, now known as Crypto.com. Um, we got a super chat here from Sir Brando 92 who says, how was the performance yesterday, Will? How much coffee have you consumed, Denise? I love watching your grind. Keep up the great work. So um, I literally had, I ordered coffee, but I only had like two sips each day. So I actually don't really drink that much coffee. I usually have one cup a day in the morning. And this time I ordered my coffee and didn't even get to drink it. So I literally had like a couple sips that I was running on, to be honest. Oh, she's running on a whole lot of natural energy. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I said this yesterday on the WrestleMania post show. And Denise probably hasn't heard this, but no, I, I have, have not. gained a lot of respect for Denise's Barely? grind. In, uh, <laughs> I mean, I gained a lot of respect for Denise's grind uh, in the last three days, uh, four days. Like, just thinking about the fact that, again, as I mentioned, um, stayed with Denise the whole time. Uh, and 
so I mentioned the drawback of her place being cold. That that was one. The other one was uh, the fact that, as Denise mentioned, she has to be up at 5 a.m. to do the things that she has to do. So, of course, there's no sleeping through any of this. I can hear uh, Denise's voice through anything <laughs> I'm trying to goes. slip through. <laughs> that and your Denise Salcedo. And you I'm have, super loud, as you have. Know. You have a distinct sponsored by Cody Rhodes. <laughs> you have a distinct projective voice. It's a better way to put that. Uh, and so, <laughs> yes, at at five a.m. Four out of five, Cody Rhodes say Denise is loud. <laughs> yes, but at five a.m., Denise is up and ready to go. And then um, the fact that yeah, you know, even even partying for Denise is still like work in a sense. Uh, like the fact that Denise got her one party out of the year and it's still a wrestling event that she's still rubbing elbows with people on. And so my point here is that Denise in between those two things I mentioned is just go, 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 go. My question every time I saw her throughout the time, the weekend was Denise, did you like get any sleep? Denise, did you go home? That's the first thing I asked you at every point was, have you stopped at home at any point? And you're like, yeah, I slept for like 20 minutes and then yeah. back on it. And that's just how much Denise goes and even yesterday with uh i mean you found a way to make it work because thinking about the fact that your uh makeup and hair situation almost had a bit of a setback on a day that was really important for you with stand and deliver and you still made it work you still made it happen you found a way to do it and then in the moment at uh stand and deliver and being on the the pre-show and getting to preview the women's ladder match i thought you did a phenomenal job at that i told you. you that and uh i like the way the segment was set up i like that it was set up in a way to give you the floor and allow you to kind of give your expert opinion on things and it was great it was all great and i feel i don't know is this like a celebration of denise i feel like it in in a sense it needs to come with a roast then but i'll save that yeah, you for gotta later. roast uh, me now <laughs> <laughs> but no honestly i thought you did a phenomenal job just the yeah whole they thing. did we didn't have any rehearsals for that by the way like no rehearsals it was just hey denise this is what you're gonna do this is the time you're gonna go on this is the order of which you're on and you're just gonna go out there and do your thing and then i peter rosenberg was great too because obviously you know he was the lead host and so i was just i looked at him and he was like kind of giving me some notes and i told him like cool like we were bouncing back ideas and I just said I'm gonna follow your lead and let's just fucking go like we're gonna do this and so I felt zero nerves by the way like well I was not nervous at all I was just more so anxious and like I could not believe that I wasn't nervous because when I did the first one NXT uh deadline I was nervous for that one but then it quickly went away once I knew I had the job to do but this one I felt no freaking nerves I was more so just like all right when's my turn like you know just kind of pacing around waiting but um no it was freaking crazy it was a really great um experience for sure um we got a super chat here from board dude 630 who says wrestling is awesome top not top notch novellas not cinema also thanks to will been listening to power rangers themes all morning i guess that's a good thing board dude 630 thank you so much for that super chat i'm, I'm much, glad you did because i i'm i tweeted this morning about the power rangers theme and that for whatever reason here i am 30 freaking five and that song Still gives me goosebumps every single time I hear it as if I were six years old again. 
Badass Billy sends in a super chat saying, as much as the tag match was awesome for Sammy to have his moment uh, beating uh, Roman would top anything off of which is better end of the story. Look, we'll, we'll, we, it's hard to get into that because right now, because we still have night two of WrestleMania, but I do disagree with the statement just because I was there last night and you watch every, you know, most of you guys watch, will you watched on TV? And it was just, uh, it was an incredible moment. We'll talk about that in a second, but um, thank you so much to Badass Billy. Uh, keep bringing in those hot takes, man. They're appreciated on this show. Uh, They're very appreciated. I I disagree with. I disagree with that though, because honestly, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But um, I I really have nothing to say as far as it later as far as Sammy should have gotten it over Roman. But I still keep seeing that, guys. If you've been watching the story since the beginning, Sammy's battle wasn't really with Roman. Roman was the the lead but sammy's specific battle all along was with jay uso from the time that sammy was looking for the approval in the bloodline he was trying to win over roman he was trying to win over jimmy he was trying to win over paul the one person who had an issue with him the whole time was jay uso and then when it came down to survivor series and war games the story was Sammy finally won over Jey Uso. And even when they did the trial of Sami Zayn going into the Royal Rumble, it was Jey Uso who finally told Sammy, I love you, dog. And then uh, it was Jey Uso who who was conflicted when it came to the stuff that happened in the Rumble, the stuff that happened in Elimination Chamber. And it was Jey Uso who double-crossed Sami Zayn. The whole time the story's been Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, not Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. And so the payoff to Sami's story, to me, was always about getting it over on Jay Uso finally. And that's what the ending I feel we got last night was. And I think it was the most satisfying conclusion we could have gotten. Advi Devin sends in a super chat saying, I got the D bride bickering. Uh out of my system on Wednesday. This is just a good old-fashioned DAS. Uh, much love to you both. Thank you so much to Advi for sending this in. I appreciate the super chat. Jeff Meacham Network says, so awesome seeing you on NXT at Crypto. Uh, thank you so much to Jeff. I really thank you so much. And a lot of people said really great things. My phone was blowing up. Uh, it was nuts. Uh, thank you so much to Jeff for that as well. And, okay, let me just catch up here. We got- Oh, and to answer the chat- question, by the way, there was a question back up there that I forgot about. They said, Will, how was the performance? Oh, um, okay. Yeah, totally forgot to answer that. It was great. Um, as a parent, not that I'm one to like knock any other kids, but, uh, (laughs) but I am going to say that there was a role my daughter auditioned for that she didn't get, she didn't get the lead role in this play. Um, but she got a pretty important role, but seeing the kid who got the lead role, maybe it's bias on my part. I think my daughter would have outperformed her in every way. (laughs) Oh my God, Will, you're one of those. I am one of those. Look, the songs that the girl who got it was singing, like I've heard those songs a million times. This is a children's play, Will. Yeah, I know. And I'm like- These are children. These are children. If your daughter would have been in that spot, in that lead spot, that parent would have been like, well, my daughter would have rocked that part better than that that girl. Probably would have. It's always gonna be like that, Will. It's always gonna be like that, but you know what? I don't care. I honestly think, and I hate to pull a <laughs> little bit. Will, you're about to book these little girls for WrestleMania. 
I am. Look, I hate to pull. This isn't right. This isn't quite pulling a race card here per se. But what I am saying here is that the role. So it was the Adams family play. The role Veda auditioned for was Wednesday, and I feel like she didn't get it because the other girl had more of a Wednesday look. Um, oh. But didn't necessarily. But I don't think between the acting chops and the singing talent, I don't think she had it over Veda. Damn! Okay, my God, you're gonna. You should be on like those comp. Those what is those reality shows where the moms are like oh, I am the daughters like dance. I haven't seen I it, but dance, I'm sure that's what happens in dance I am moms. Dan- I am dance dad. Are you kidding me? In the dance stuff, that that is me. Uh, I am so into my kids' performances and things along those lines. Oh, I know. My God, Bill! Look, Billy's dream is to be a pro wrestler. If that ever happens, uh, and he's not booked the way I want to see him booked, you're going to hear he from sucks? me. What if he sucks? What if he's not good? <sighs> <laughs> Look, Swerve's already agreed to train him, so therefore, it's uh, it's got to happen. It doesn't matter, though. There's people that have been trained by a lot of people, and they still suck. Oh, I know. Some I know. people if just it... don't have it, Will. What if Billy... <laughs> Does not go out there and he ain't no Brian Danielson. What are you going to do? Are you still going to be like, push him to the top or be like, son, we got to talk? I think I could be like, son, we got to talk. I think I could be honest enough with him, with him personally. But if I were still doing podcasts at this point, oh, no, I'd be all over him not getting the pushes he deserves. All right. We got Mako Maniac who sends in a super chat saying, thought um, WrestleMania was great last night. A few too many ads for my liking, but I, I love the brand new parodies. Aw, come on now. I know exactly what he's talking about now, Mako Maniac. <laughs> freaking taking advantage of me and my worst point. Freaking not even functioning properly and got to be I a fucking Disney joke. If you watch that again, and I've watched that clip like four times now, you could see my face when I realize what's about to happen and that because you're you not realizing Because you knew that there it. was none. You knew I... that there was none. I wouldn't have known because I was there in the live audience. And it's not like when you're in the live audience, by the way, I'm not fucking watching the screens. When it's the breaks, I'm chatting with people. I'm walking around in the floor. There was really bad Wi-Fi. So I wasn't paying attention to any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, um, call me crazy. Call me crazy says uh, WrestleMania 30, 39 stage makes me excited for 2K24. It'll be dope i thought that the wrestlemania 39 stage was the best wrestlemania stage i've ever seen um will so i'm sure you can tell on tv but you know those movie posters those were like all big video screens like those weren't just freaking graphics those were video screens that were moving um it took up literally one side of the stage all the way to the other side of SoFi Stadium. It was massive. And what was crazy too was when you're up there, keep in mind, I was on the floor. And even then, the stage was so big that when the wrestlers came out, they were little little, bitty tiny people. And it wasn't until they got like fully into the ring where I'm like, oh good, you're life size again. Because that is how big the stage was. But here's the thing about SoFi that was really fucking crazy too. So on top, you also have these big giant screens, which by the way, I want to talk about something really quick. Will, when you were watching Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins, did you notice at one point there was a massive pop? Yes. Yes. So I feel so bad for Seth Rollins because I think he thinks that pop was for him. It was not for Seth Rollins. So for a portion of this match, okay, the big giant screens at the top were off. 
people on I heard top about that could yeah. not see this match for the first couple of minutes of Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. And so then when the screams came back on, everybody was like, woo! And there was a shot of Seth Rollins like thinking it was for him, but it was for the screams. I felt so bad. But also, it wasn't until Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, because I was underneath looking up and there's like just so much going on, like on the ceiling that I noticed. I turned to Brian, who was sitting next to me, and I'm like, Brian, I feel so dumb right now. And he was like, why? I was like, I just realized the Helena Cell is up there. It took me until Charlotte versus Rhea to even see the Helena Cell was already set up there, all because of like my view from like everything, because there's just so much going on. Uh, it was just like a massive massive production it was it was crazy yeah okay uh, um uh, sorry did you want to add something oh yeah no i thought the stage was incredible i think it was one of the best looking stage i think it was the best looking stage honestly it's very unique um i think it'll be uh, especially like when you've gone back through watching wrestlemania's recently and i just did that with you and having watched like wrestlemania 39 or 35 where it was just literally a screen um for them to have been this creative and this unique with the look I thought was very good. The way the entrance is integrated. There's some that looked a little weird because even the stairs were video screens, which I thought was a really interesting look, except for when I think it was during Kevin Owens's entrance <laughs> that the stairs turned like red and white and literally looked like stacks of meat. And I'm like, <laughs> they don't look like stairs anymore. <laughs> they look I didn't like notice that. They look like cuts of meat. And I thought, okay, there's probably times where they could have just left the the stage or the stairs looking like stairs. Yeah. But either way, it was good. We got a very generous super chat from Matt James. Thank you so much, Matt, for this. He says, minus all the commercials between matches, I rate night one probably a nine out of 10. For night two, I'm excited for the possible Cody moment, but most looking forward to the Intercontinental title match. Um, what are you both looking forward to the most? So by the way, Matt James's rating, I thought, is a really good rating for a show, period. But here's the thing. I really enjoyed WrestleMania top to bottom, and I thought that maybe I had like some bias because I was there in the floor. And when you're there in the event, I feel like you tend to like things more. And I just thought, like oh maybe because of like just like where I'm at and all of this I thought that I would enjoy the show more but I've been noticing that everybody's been saying the same thing so I'm so happy this was one of those situations where it translated on TV that hey man the show was really exciting um will any overall thoughts on this um I'm gonna disagree about it being great from top to bottom and Ooh. you'll find out you'll find out when we get to my worst but uh I uh, I agree with the show being a 9 out of 10. I think it was solid. Uh, I think everything about it mostly delivered. Um, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Cody's got to finish the story. Uh, I feel like it's time. Uh, they've never had a better opportunity to give a coronation to somebody, to finally pay off all of the bloodline things, to pay off Roman Reigns' 940-something day title reign. Uh it's time to bring it to an end. If they don't do it tonight, I don't know when a better opportunity is going to come about. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to is that moment. Right. And just to give a different answer, um, because obviously everyone's looking forward to Cody and Roman, but just to give a different answer, um, uh, the freaking triple threat with Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. That one's going to be really fun to watch. Yes. Uh, Izzy05 sends in a super chat saying, was Denise chanting uh, Culero at Dom? Dom wouldn't have been the only kid getting beat at Mania if my mom heard me. Bro, 
I was like one of the few people in my section chanting culero because I was in like the friends and family area. And so nobody there in that specific section was really chanting culero. And it was mainly like all like the other ones on the other sections. But I was like, I was I was having a fucking blast with it. I didn't care. I was actually hoping that more of the arena picked it up, but it was really just select sections. And I was like, come on, guys, like we let's have some more fun in here. You know, I love stuff like that. So um, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh bored dude 630 sends in a super chat saying, if you feel Sammy winning a tag title with his best friend in the main event of Mania as a step down, I wonder if you've ever had an actual close friend. We'll talk about that in more of a second, but bored dude 630, thank you so much for sending that in wonga05 sends in a super chat saying two aussies won belts yesterday it's a good weekend keep up the good work uh thank you so much to wonga05 for also sending in uh this super chat michael damn it says to, um <clears throat> check out will being a parent i wish i wish just one of mine would have been also denise so very happy and proud of you for your appearance on the pre-show of uh stand and deliver thank you so much to michael and uh we appreciate you sending in uh this very generous super chat a whole lot and really thank you for that um we got one here from jake salazar who says the pat mcafee uh, the goat pat mcafee came back instantly made it my favorite mania of all time will i know you do not like pat mcafee um and i don't like I... the maze so this segment was <laughs> are like... we talking about this right now or sure no no we can talk okay. about this right now because it's not like a worse thing but it was just like uh my two As least a Pat favorite mcafee disliker how did you feel i thought uh the two uh the two people i hate the most like honestly if the ring would just like collapse on itself i think uh i probably would have been happier but literally my two least favorite people on tv the two people i find the most obnoxious what? i thought i don't get it well for pat mcafee i don't get it Oh, Pat McAfee is. I love Pat McAfee. He's so funny. And I know that I recognize that people like him. I recognize why people like him. This is obviously a personal thing. But man, (laughs) I find Pat McAfee so annoying. I thought that like when people were like, oh, look at him during Shinsuke's entrance. I'm like, sit the fuck down. I don't want to see Pat McAfee during (laughs) Shinsuke's entrance at all. I want to see Shinsuke. And I feel like Pat McAfee... Like, everybody's like, but look at his energy. He's so excited about things. And I'm like, yeah, and it always becomes about him. I hate it. I hate okay, him. I want but Will, isn't, okay, here's the thing, though. When you're out there and you bring your energy and you're bringing your thing, yeah, it becomes about Pat McAfee, but that's because that's what top, like, I feel like if you come out there with a lot of presence, how can you, how can it not become about you? Like, I'm sorry, then then everybody else should be stepping it up as well. I no, just feel like no, no I, I, and I'm talking about specifically as a commentator. I feel like okay, to me, a commentator's see, okay, job is to, to accentuate what you're seeing and not necessarily making it see, about them I in the process. I think he did that. I don't think he made it about him in the process. And the reason for that is because there was a, he improved commentary to the point where it felt more, uh, enjoyable it felt like somebody that wasn't a robot was calling the show i feel like for the most part pat mcafee has been one of like the you know in the most recent years announcers that has actually added a voice a personality without sounding scripted of like oh my god classic the vintage jordan or we you know stupid shit like that i feel pat mcafee actually added how some... much do you dislike michael cole no, i like shit. michael cole, I, I know but i, I feel do. like the but literal the thing reason. you just everybody uh-huh. but here's the thing everybody tries to be a copycat version of somebody else and pat mcafee to me was the first person who broke that mold where he came in and was like fuck it i'm gonna be pat mcafee and to me that worked he was going out there making funny jokes uh, there was a lot of fun stuff that i think he added like um 
Um, you know, he would he, keep in mind, I'm not like a big sports fan, but he would throw in comments like that, that kind of worked and just stuff that to me felt current and new and made sense. They didn't feel random in terms of the conversation. So I like Pat McAfee because I think he broke the mold of every other announcer or every recent commentator that we were seeing. I can agree with the idea that he broke the mold. I can't agree with the idea that he did it well. It was unique to Pat McAfee, but I think it's also, and uh, I'm glad I'm not alone here. I'm seeing people in the chat saying kind of the same thing, that it it's really a personal taste kind of thing, that if you find him obnoxious and goofy and not, uh, then if that's what he's bringing to the table, it may be unique, it may be different, but that doesn't necessarily make it good. It's, 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 uh, I think to me, it's a matter of taste. And that's why I can accept why people like there him. are so many people that I would pick over that would pick Pat McAfee over a lot of what we have right now. Oh, in commentary right now for WWE speaking, speaking w for WWE. I'm not speaking for any other promotion right now. Even just speaking in WWE. I've been happier with Wade Barrett on SmackDown than Pat McAfee. Really? Dead serious. Oh, that's interesting. I feel, po I mean, I like Wade Barrett. I have no issue with Wade Barrett. But if you were to tell me, hey, Denise, who would you prefer? I would definitely go with Pat McAfee because I just think he brings a cooler vibe where it feels more like. There's nothing cool about Pat McAfee. That's the <laughs> one thing is I have to say is that that is a man that if I saw in public would not want to be around. I'd be like, that guy's fucking obnoxious. That is not a guy I want to party with. That is not a guy I want to be around. That is not a guy. That is the least cool See, I feel athlete on earth. That. That is the thing is he is the least cool athlete on the history of planet Earth. And I feel like that's part of what his charm is, right? It's like, look at him. He's like a big dork. And I'm like, yeah, but he's also like a big dork that I don't want to be around. And uh, that is Pat McAfee to me in a nutshell. And then, like I said, him and The Miz, just my two least favorite acts on TV. Couldn't do it. All right. Well, I guess we'll agree to disagree, Will. Yes. Agree to disagree. I'm All right. Okay. Because I do like Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. And I get and it. Will does not like Pat McAfee. <laughs> in case you guys didn't get that. In case yes. you didn't get that. <laughs> Jake Salazar, thank you so much for the super chat and for uh, it, inspiring a conversation. Deontay Swainier says, so proud of Denise. Just wanted to say, uh, and thank you, Will. All love. Uh, thank you so much to Deontay Swainier for always sending in such great uh, messages. You really keep us going. Jake Salazar sends in a super chat saying this, uh, this segment gave Will an aneurysm. You know what have been great? I think you know what have really made the segment a Will Washington segment where I think it would have made things better for you? If you would have added Bray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> I think this would have been like, Will, if you were out there, you would have been like throwing your stars. Like, psh, psh, psh. You know, like ninja stars. To your stars would be ricocheting. All of these people. <laughs> Man, we should have uh -huh. done it. Come on. Come on. Uh, I'm going to fucking book that. I'm going to pitch that idea to Triple H at the press conference. Just kidding. Please do. All right. Shinetown Spurs sends in a super chat saying that was probably my favorite WWE show I've ever watched. But today I see someone spliced in Auschwitz footage for the Don Vignette. Hope they release a statement on how that happened. Inexcusable. So I didn't know this. Um, my husband told me about this because I guess he saw it on Twitter. And he told me that. And I didn't understand. I guess. Keep in mind, I'm looking all the way up at a screen so I could barely fucking see what was happening. And it's not like I would probably recognize it but um will have you seen about this this is now, the first i'm seeing of this so uh apparently this was a thing now i don't know if i'm explaining it right but from what i was told I mean, I by could, my I, husband I, who saw on twitter they said that they accidentally used a, a, a i guess a clip or something of the Aus of auschwitz instead of like a prison i don't know because i didn't see 
Oh no! Oh, in place of the prison footage. No, no, I, that's I bad. This was going around on Twitter, so I have no idea because I haven't actually even seen the tweet explaining it. It's like this was just something my husband mentioned as we were driving home that he saw on Twitter. So I don't even have the full details on um, on any of this. I, I am seeing that they <laughs> fixed you. it. That they did fix it. Um, that that only aired on the kickoff show, and that they fixed oh. it by the main show. So somebody. Okay who pointed it out during the kickoff show obviously got them to see, hey, that can't air this way. That's and... what I was confused about because I didn't know of it because I didn't see anything that was different when, from what I saw with the Dom footage. I thought the Dom footage was great and breaking out of jail, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know if that was when they had included it or when. So that's really interesting. Um, I guess it's one of those things where I'm guessing the editor maybe picked up some B some some yeah, fucking I think stock probably footage standard and didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like that's what it probably was. But thank you, Chi-Town Spurs, for um, also bringing this up because that was something I had heard about. Becky sends in a super chat saying, I was hoping to get through Mania with, um, without McAfee. I totally agree with Will. Ooh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I'm glad Indy Hartwell won the title because she deserves it. And thank the heavens above that Mello finally ended Braun's title reign. Also thoughts on the Gis Giselle Shaw incident at WrestleCon. Um, Will, um, I remember bringing this up to you because this broke. Um, she posted this post telling the story about what happened at WrestleCon while we were at the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor press conference. And basically, Giselle said that um, Rick Steiner shouted out some very, like, terrible things at her. Um, obviously, we know her, her background and uh, her story. And so he was basically yelling out these very terrible things, right? And, you know, there was this – I am glad that she spoke out about it, Will, because – that is not something that anybody should experience. Like I get if people have, um, cause I'm, you know, we're not naive. This is weird. We're not going to get into politics or anything, but will, when it comes to this, we know people have different opinions and I'm like, okay, if you're going to have your opinion, have your opinion. But I think it's one thing to have your opinion in the private seat of your own head. And then to go out there and be yelling these terrible derogatory, horrible things at somebody directly. That is, that's hate. That's 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 freaking hate and doing it directly to the person like that in that fashion to embarrass them and humiliate them is a really shitty thing to do. Absolutely. I think that uh, there's I mean, we, we've seen it recently. Um, there's been this uh, big crusade against trans people over the last a uh, couple of years and especially this year it just seems to have really amped up as uh they seem to be public enemy number one for a lot of people on that side and uh again when you're in a space um where everybody is as something like a wrestlecon or just wrestlemania weekend in general where everybody is trying to uh build market themselves and to bring that energy out loud again it's one thing to have it in your head you can't stop anybody from thinking anything but to act on it to do anything about it and to do it on a weekend where your son's main eventing a premium live event uh i just think was uh awful in every uh aspect of possibly being awful didn't need to happen shouldn't happen and I'm glad WrestleCon addressed it. I'm glad they, uh, they've they apparently banned Rick Steiner from uh, future WrestleCons, which, like, that's a big moneymaker for those guys. Um, I don't know who would take him after this. So uh, it's it's 
basically the biggest L that man possibly could have taken. Um, and I'm glad everybody came out in support for Giselle. And a positive note, because I want to make sure that this is not what is summarizing Giselle's weekend, because I did get to watch um, the match that she was in on the Multiverse show, and she did an incredible freaking job. That was actually one of my favorite matches that I got to see that night. So just heads up, she did a lot of great work. And unfortunately, this is the major story coming out of in relation to her, but she did a lot of great work as well. Uh, Jake Salazar sends in a super chat saying, uh, nah, uh, Corey saying Pat McAfee was Aaron Rodgers' personal uh, propaganda machine was the greatest thing Corey has ever said. <laughs> well, because he's he obviously is, been doing by the, the way. interviews with him and all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's because he is, <laughs> um, and that's probably got something to do with some of the disdain as well. Uh, Jake Salazar, but, thank you so much for the super thank you, chat. Jake, uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Uh, we haven't even gotten into our freaking list, so I'm trying to speed things up. I mean, Jake look, Salazar's WrestleMania weekend is going to be a hard one to just, uh, yeah, to just start. Uh, Jake Salazar says, I see now why you screwed Will and Quizzlemania, Denise. I don't know, man. I think there's multiple reasons, Will. Just kidding. I mean, we were almost over that, by the way. It's, it's been about not, a year. That's never going to die. Oh, no. It's never never going to die. die. That's our Brett Shawn Michaels story. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's our Brett and Shawn Michaels, although I was going to say didn't start a podcast afterward. But probably could, and that would probably be entertaining. Imagine that'd be like the number one most listened to podcast. I'd listen to that. I would, too. All right, let's get into it. We got to somehow um, make that happen. So, um, BTW, guys, I'm doing my list on the fly today because I did not prepare anything. Um, Will, do you want to do the bonus? Are we not doing the bonus? You just want to start at top three? I'll start at I'll just do my top three because okay. uh, I, don't, I don't need a bonus. I have no problem telling my children which are my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. I would <laughs> never do that. But uh, I do I, – I, I, there's – a lot that happened this week. There's a lot of stuff that I wish I would have put on my list, but that's supposed to be the charm of this show is that sometimes stuff just doesn't make it. And, yeah, that's uh, true. and so here we are. I'm so stressed out. I have no <laughs> list. Nothing. Go. So at number three, I want to make sure this show doesn't go forgotten, but ring of honor had super card of honor. I was there actually just this morning. I watched the matches that I missed because uh, a big piece of slight backstory here. Uh, when I talked about my flight stuff and I ended up missing that flight I was supposed to take out on Friday, I ended up texting a friend at Ring of Honor and was like, hey, can you just get me into the event? And they were like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, because I'm like, I'm having a shitty evening. I just, I need some wrestling to relax with. And it was really cool that uh, I got in Ring of Honor and I ended up watching the show, but I missed probably the first, I missed the first, I missed the first match entirely. I watched the second match in my Uber on the way to the event. And uh, then I missed the third match trying to get into the event. And so I pretty much didn't get to see all of that till literally this morning. But none of that matters because the match I'm talking about is the main event. Uh, and that's specifically Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston, finally, for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, I've watched this twice now because I didn't get to pay it full attention in the, uh, in the arena. I was paying attention to the crowd. I was paying attention to the atmosphere. Uh, but I really wasn't getting to give a whole lot of focus to the match because it's WrestleMania weekend. You're socializing with people. It's just the way things go down. But rewatching it again on TV, there was so much emotion in this match. There was so much uh, 
Eddie Kingston does, I think, one of the best jobs of anybody in pro wrestling, and this is a uh, a high accolade I can give, um, of conveying disdain for his opponents. And from the moment the match started, the way Eddie Kingston was able to convey his dislike for Claudio Castagnoli and Claudio Castagnoli keeping it together in a sense of, I don't care what you feel, Eddie. I'm the best wrestler here, and I'm going to just out-wrestle you. You've got the emotion stuff going on here. I, on the other hand, am here to beat you. And I love that about Claudio. We saw a lot of that in the the press conference, how Claudio was able to just keep his composure and be this serious, I take professional wrestling seriously. I am an honorable man. Eddie Kingston is not, and he does not deserve to be in my league. Uh, I thought, one, we got the the new entrance from Claudio, the very classic version of um, the 1812 Overture with cannons and all, and it the way Claudio syncs everything up with that, the way he raises the title at the very end, looks excellent. But this match, uh, I thought, delivered on an emotional level to the point of where when that match ended... And there were so many uh, near falls. And every near fall, you felt this crowd was ready to cheer their ass off for Eddie Kingston finally having his moment. Those one, two, damn it. And when Claudio finally won at the end, that feeling of deflation in the building was pretty damn palpable and pretty excellent in the sense of when that's what you're going for when you're aiming to just stab the fans in the gut you felt it in that building you felt everybody who thought that this was eddie kingston's night get deflated get punched in the gut it delivered exactly what it needed to uh i love this this was my this was one of my favorite matches of the weekend this is one of my favorite moments of the weekend uh, and it's the one thing that has me looking forward to what's next for Eddie Kingston. So, well, um, <clears throat> I like this match too. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was like my fourth best of the night. For of Ring the of night. Super Pride of Honor. Yep. Okay. I thought there was a lot of other matches that for me, I was just like, this is it. Like, this is what I really like enjoyed, like even more so than the actual main event. But that does not take away from it being good, especially the last couple of minutes. I thought really just uh, took off. I think for me, I did kind of have like a trouble. Like, I, I think for me, like at the start kind of felt a little bit just like there. Um, nothing too extraordinary for the start of this match. I think it was really towards the ending once I legitimately got invested in it versus a bunch of other matches that kind of got me like from the very beginning at uh, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Um, but thank you so much, Will, uh, for your best stuff. I really am going to have to do an honorable mention at some point because there's just too much that I feel really shitty not included on this <laughs> list. So there's excited. five things I wanted to – six things I wanted – primarily five <laughs> things that I want to talk about, and I'm having to ask two to keep three. Man, uh, Cal Call Me Crazy says, remember when people said it was a mistake for Sammy and KO uh, to re-sign with WWE? Crazy how far they've come. Um, I, I don't think I was – I don't recall feeling like it was a mistake. Um, I think I was more so a surprise because of where WWE was at at that point in time. But I wouldn't necessarily say that I felt that it was a mistake, but I know probably I'm sure other people did. But I didn't feel I don't like it was a mistake. Thinking, I was just more so surprised. I don't recall thinking it was a mistake, but I had also been hearing rumblings at the time that Steve Austin wanted to work with Kevin Owens. Yeah, and so yeah. it was like, okay, if the biggest draw in the in possibly the history of professional wrestling, a star that so many people had 
growing up and was influential on their career. A household name from the 90s says, in my first match back, I want to work with you. And your contract's almost up. You're going to re-sign. You're going to do everything you can to put that pen to paper and go, I'm I'm staying, obviously. And he, and I want to do it in the main event of WrestleMania. Stop it. At, the, at no point did I ever feel like he made a mistake. But, of course, again, I had been hearing those rumors and rumblings. And so... Nah, it's he made the right choice. Absolutely. Call me crazy. Thank you so much for the super chat. All right. So, uh, oh, man, we got a couple more here. Uh, this one is from Devil Kazuya, who says, a match of the night tonight, Brock versus Omos. Uh, any almost sapiens here? Um, Brock versus Omos, I've been saying the exact same thing about this, is that it's either going to be a train wreck, a really terrible, horrible thing, or it's actually going to be highly entertaining. I feel at some point it's just going to be either or, and we'll see what the hell happens. Andrew A. sends in a super chat saying, favorite moments was seeing a KSI debut, Eddie's music playing, and being interviewed for KTLA yesterday because I was Foley and I was a celebrity for a day. Um, That's freaking awesome. Uh, there's a lot of media out there interviewing fans. Uh, that's really cool that you were able to have that moment, and uh, hope hopefully you get to see yourself on TV. Uh, Andrew A., thank you so much for the super chat um here today i appreciate that a whole lot all right so let's get into my for the top my number three so this one was very hard because i was really debating i had to take something else that i really liked out of this um so i'm going with the wrestlemania something on the wrestlemania card and that was for the sake of a lot of things this is why it's number three and that is ray mysterio versus dominic mysterio and i I was hoping we got to talk about this because it's not on my list so there's multiple reasons. It almost, I almost, there was another match that I really liked, but I had to take it out to put this one because I thought that this one kind of, the moment I think maybe just, it, it was, it was special. So first of all, um, the entrance, having Rey Mysterio come out with Snoop Dogg, he's coming out there with Eddie's theme song. He's coming out there in the low rider. I just think all of these different things that they did, even just with the entrance, um, was massive and people freaking loved it. The second they heard Eddie's theme with the low rider coming out, it was one of those moments where you're like, damn, I think everyone had a moment of just appreciation for Eddie. And it felt it almost like for a split second, it felt like we were having Eddie come out and during this moment. So I really liked that Ray kind of gave the people that that little moment. It was brief, but it was just felt very special. Then um, even Dom's even Dom's entrance, I thought it was freaking hilarious having the video package um, with him, you know, in jail, coming out and being uh, being escorted out by the police department. And I'm like, uh, 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 you know, the whole, you know, obviously we're LAPD out here, but that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> so I thought it was it made it even funnier because I'm like, oh, it's Los Angeles and, you know, LAPD, they're notorious with their stories and this and that. So to me, it kind of added it kind of added to um Dominic's uh theme uh entrance excuse me so I thought that was pretty freaking hilarious him coming out with the mask as well uh, same thing for Ray for Ray Mysterio um the entrances on this one felt like WrestleMania entrances I think they did both of the both of them justice right um the match itself I will say this I thought that this was probably the best performance we've seen from Dominic uh in terms of like everything that he's done in ring wise and WWE I did think this was the best showcase of that um and then on top of that it was what was it um the crowd 
the crowd during this. They were eating up every single moment. Everything that was done in this match counted and uh, garnered a reaction from people. When Rey Mysterio took off the belt and started hitting um, Dominic Mysterio, you know, spanking him in the butt with the belt. I called that, by the way. I said he was going to do that. That was the moment. Yes, you had to do it, Will, because it was like uh, everybody gets the joke. Everybody gets the reference. And this was the perfect crowd to do that in. Uh, the uh, it, People were eating it up. Then on top of that, when you had Bed Bunny out there doing commentary and then you had Judgment Day go out there, it was one of those things where you knew Bad Bunny had to get a little bit of a spot. So I was kind of waiting to see like, uh, you know, what it was going to be. I thought that including Bad Bunny into this kind of amplified everything because as we know, well, he's a mega star. So that helped everything out. And then um, also in terms of I think a lot of people are probably speculating that we may even see, uh, including also Legado del Fantasma, who came in at one point. Um, LWO, they are officially the yeah, LWO. Yeah, there you go. That, I forget. Uh, All the shirts listed. sold out, by the way. The LWO shirts, gone. Done. I, I, the, it, it was the right call because I think that at the end of the day, the LWO is a more marketable name than Legato del Fantasma. Um, and on top yes. of that, uh, it's it's a reference people know. It's a logo people like. Uh, and <laughs> You need to see they, this, by the way. It is official. What is your reaction? Hold on. What is your reaction to this? Hmm. Mm. 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 I don't know. <laughs> For the audio <laughs> listeners, we have a Latino World Order shirt with the American flag. This is being sold, mm. by the way. Yeah. Mm. No. No. I know, right? Like, I get what they were trying to do, and I'm like, ah, uh, you should have just. Well, there was a piece extra. of me that was like, is that supposed to be the Puerto Rican flag? Because if so, I can live with that. Um, to me, I don't know. I thought this was supposed maybe because yeah, if it's the I Puerto Rican, this, I saw this as them trying to. Nope, you're right. You're right. Well, yeah, so if that because yeah, it's if we blue all the way down instead yeah. of just blue right there. Uh huh. Yeah, because I'm like, as a Puerto Rican flag, I can appreciate oh, shit, that. But... You're right. No wonder I was looking at this and I'm like, why would they? Yeah. So um... <laughs> learn your flags, Denise Salcedo. <laughs> So I'm like, right. I can I can appreciate that from that perspective because, of course, Latinos represent more than just Mexico. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, if you want to have yeah, a different yeah. variation. And and on top of that, like, look at um, Bad Bunny, right? Like, he's not Mexican. But uh, so... Shit, I, dude, that's so funny. Because I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck? Why would they do the American <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where were we at with this in terms of random? Ray and Dom. Uh, so you got through the entrances. You were talking about the match uh, yes. and um, the moments, the crowd being into it. Um, you didn't really quite get into what I think you were going to get into next, which was the involvement of uh, yes. the family. So and- I have a feeling that they're probably going to do um, for Backlash. I think it would. I know that they promoted Bad Bunny as being the person that was going to do. Um, fuck, he was going to be the host. But I do think that there's a huge possibility that we may see Santos, Ray, and Bad Bunny um, against the Judgment Day. And I would like to see something like that. Uh, I hope that's the direction that they're going. At least that's the direction that I feel like they were leaning on. Uh, So I liked this, but I really do need to talk about the ending, though, because the ending, um, when uh, Rey Mysterio hit that frog splash, got the win, it was one of those things that, 
everybody in the building just like complete, completely erupted, Will. Completely erupted. I just, I got a video of like literally everybody. It was this crazy moment and having, um, uh, you know, everybody out there and just celebrating and his wife and his daughter and Ray going up there. It just felt like a surreal um, moment and something that I think was just kind of like, well, it wasn't like, I don't think we were just celebrating Rey Mysterio winning this victory. This felt like a celebration of Rey Mysterio. Yes, I agree with that. I think that this was uh, a blast all the way through. I think the entrances, as you mentioned, were, they, they felt really special. This is when you talk about a WrestleMania entrance, uh, Ray played all the notes, right? You got to come out to not just with Snoop Dogg, you came out to Snoop Dogg's most famous song, the the one song that I think when people think about Snoop Dogg, that's the song that comes to mind. And so to come out to one of the most famous songs of all time, uh, and on top of that, getting to use Eddie's entrance, because uh, I, I knew they were going to do Eddie's entrance. I had a worry that Dom was going to do it for Heat. And uh, um, I thought that I thought that's they where they were going. You know, they could have. Right. Like when I heard the lowrider was there. I was like, oh no, is Dominic going to enter to Eddie's entrance and get booed out of the building? Uh, and yeah, that probably would have worked too, but I'm glad that they didn't go there. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I kind of think they, they probably, no. that would have been funny too. Uh, it would have yeah. been funny. He would have gotten massive heat for that. But, but then I it would have also I, taken away from like the cool moment of Rey Mysterio coming in, you know, getting everything. Uh, and... The uh, I felt like just everything was was clicking, everything was working, and of course, it was a moment. Uh, the 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 whipping moment. I thought one the crowd popped for that, and I knew they would. When I said it on Grapsity yesterday, people thought I was crazy. I was like, oh no, he's got to bend dumb over and whip him in the ring. And the chat was like, and Phil and Reg, Phil and Reg were like, nah, you can't do that in a match. I'm like, I'm telling you, that's gonna be a moment when that happens. And uh, chat's like, we talked uh, about it on here. We're like, yeah, is we it silly? Leslie. Is it not silly? And I, I knew know. it wouldn't be silly. I knew that that's the moment that the crowd was gonna go for when Ray had been resisting putting his hands on Dom for so long. I don't want to hurt my kids. Uh, and then when it finally happened, it gave the crowd a sense of, thank you, Ray. This bo this boy has deserved this this entire time. Um, shout out to the video package because uh, all the Auschwitz stuff aside, the video package that we got to see on the show, I thought was very, very good. I thought that it really encapsulated how far all of this has come and how far Dominic has come. When they showed that shot of Dominic and Ray as tag team champions, and I forgot how much of a geek Dominic was just like a year and a half ago. And to see how much he has transformed, the way he's fixed his look up, the way he has fixed his demeanor, his mannerisms, everything, and that he's learned how to control this character. That video package reminded me of how far all of this has come. And Remember I was our really Rob podcast, the first one we did together on Fightful? We spent like 20 minutes talking about how Dominic wasn't shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? And that's that's the best thing, to see that improvement. Yeah, um, I agree. I loved it. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, what fills the seventh match spot tonight as there's only six to last night's seven? I see it as Bobby versus Bray. Howdy, Ellie Knight, Fiend with, the, Fiend with Alexa, who is it? I don't know. I don't know. Are they, have they announced anything for Bobby Lashley? Because he, the, when I spoke to him on, fuck, I think Thursday, he said they were still trying to figure things out for him. 
So I don't know if they're going to give them something or if whatever happened on SmackDown was like literally it. Now, keep in mind, I did not get to watch SmackDown, so I don't even know what the hell happened. So Bobby won the the Battle Royal. Um, so oh, yeah, he is the winner of the Andre. Right, and um, and Sean reported that the trophy has been brought to WrestleMania. So he's going to do something as far as that's concerned, even if it's just maybe a segment where they present him and then he's interrupted Poor and Bobby. beats somebody up. I know. For somebody who was in the he WWE title match two years ago, to not know what his match is going to be is kind of a shame. Uh, but I don't think they need a seventh match tonight. I think that when you think about how long yesterday's the show hell was. The style is going to be. Yeah. the hell You know Edge can't have anything that's not 40 minutes at least and then on top of that i I guarantee are not to sit on camera side (laughs) but if you pan i'm like this (laughs) uh i think that could be good though i think it'll deliver um but thinking about the roman and cody i i have it at and i wonder what your your pick is but i have it at an hour and five minutes when you combine the match the entrances and the video package hour and five minutes is dedicated total to Roman and Cody tonight. Ah, uh, nah. I'm going to say maybe 45. I feel like 45. an hour. I feel like an hour and something minutes is too much. Uh, but I'm thinking about who Cody Rhodes is. True. Who Roman Reigns is. Okay, and... but if we do get that, then they need to trim the fuck out of that Hell in a Cell match. But, but that's why I'm saying I don't think there's going to be a seventh match like last night had. I think you can go with six and still fill the exact same amount of time with knowing what's on this show. Now, granted, I think Brock versus Omos, which, by the way, uh, that is being reported. Be like two minutes, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I, I joked yesterday that, like, Brock's not – you don't even have to turn Brock's jet off. He will literally – he can get off his private jet, go do his thing, and come back and probably not have broken a sweat. It's the opener, by the way, so uh, – We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly for sending this in as well. And um, okay, so let me go ahead and just get caught up. This is from uh, Phil R299 who says, thank you for all the coverage and any thoughts on Bailey's recent tweets saying, and sometimes the most romantic love story comes to an end by. I didn't see her most re- uh, uh, recent tweet. She said, and sometimes the most romantic love story comes to an end. Is she, is she teasing? What is she teasing here? I think she's teasing uh, like... I don't know what she's teasing. I mean, I hate when wrestlers do this. Just, like, say what you're going to say or do what you're doing. Uh, but I don't know. Could be the end of damage control. I, I have no idea. You would She would call, she would refer to damage control as a love story? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what she's talking about at all. Okay. All right. All right. Phil, I love- think yeah, I, and I love Bailey. Uh, I think she is just the the kindest. Sorry, I'm breaking character here. Bailey is an awful human. All right. Well, don't worry. You're not on the payroll. You can break the fourth wall. <laughs> All right. Let's continue on. Uh, Will, what's your second best of the week? Second best of the week. I feel like this was with everything that's been happening. Uh, almost something that could go forgotten if I didn't talk about it. But it's I've been just on a high about this all week but i am going to take us back to aew dynamite for a minute uh because aew dynamite saw the return of brian danielson and the reformation the full formation i should say of the blackpool combat club uh brian danielson of course this came after kenny omega had what i thought was a great psychological match with jeff cobb kenny omega of course um 
I feel like this is the first time since AEW launched that he's really been the centerpiece babyface of the show. He never really has gotten this opportunity, and I feel like just in the last couple of weeks, he's really delivering here. Uh, and I thought, again, the match delivered. I thought that the match was a di very different kind of Kenny Omega match. The way that he uh, kind of worked from behind, he was really selling the ribs, and uh, we got to see it end with a really nice uh, one-winged angel. But after the match was over, he gets jumped by the Blackpool Combat Club, who had busted open Don Callis earlier in the show in a very awful way. Uh, and hopefully Don's okay. I know they said that that, one, that cut got really, really deep. Um, I saw a report that said you could see his skull, which, uh, again, hope he's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, Blackpool Combat Club jumps Kenny Omega. Brian Danielson's music hits. He makes his way down. And... Uh, he motions like he's helping Kenny that he doesn't agree with the Blackpool Combat Club. Psych! Hits him with the Busaiko knee. And I have realized this is the most I have been into a faction warfare feud in AEW. But I couldn't put my finger onto why I've been into this more than I've been into any um, action warfare feud. or uh, Sorry, faction warfare feud. And I realized what it is. And maybe I stole a little bit of this from your husband. Um, but the, uh, but uh, just in helping me put it into perspective, because every faction warfare feud AEW has had so far since the company started has involved Chris Jericho. And the thing about Chris Jericho's factions is that they're never they're never full factions as much as it's Chris Jericho and his backup it's right. always mostly about chris jericho He's and that's the lead not singer in the band essentially yeah the lead singer in the band but the other guys don't really matter as much as chris does in those scenarios and so this is really the first time that aew has put on this type of feud a uh, again like i said a faction warfare rivalry where everybody involved in it feels like a top guy in aew that um, all four of the Blackpool Combat Club members, whether you're talking about John Moxley, who is probably the most important figure in AEW's history, Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor World Champion, Brian Danielson, a legend, the greatest of all time. And then Wheeler Yuta could feel like a lackey, but they've done everything in their power to make sure he doesn't, that he stands on his own and is a strong enough presence in this group. So you have those four, and then you have the elite, which uh, you're talking about Hangman Adam Page, again, one of the most important characters in AEW's history. Kenny Omega, who's very much now playing the star babyface on the show. You have the Young Bucks, who are considered by a lot to be the greatest tag team of all time. And so now we're dealing with faction warfare between top guys. And I'm intrigued by everything that's happening here. Uh, the moment Brian Danielson made that turn and starts stomping in Kenny's head and locks him in the label lock and starts flexing on him and shouting at him, you're everything that's wrong with wrestling. Denise, the last time a Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson match was booked for TV, I booked a flight to New York to go see it in person because we're talking about two of my favorite wrestlers ever. This happens again. And it feels like it's like right around the corner. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'm already looking at all of the next upcoming dates. Like, where are they going to do this and how do I get there? Because I would die to see that happen again. It's still one of my favorite live experiences. But anyway, 
I feel like this deserved to be on the list just because it really helped turn up what I think has already been one of the best stories AEW's told in a long time. And uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens next. And that's all I want out of any wrestling show is to make me want to see what happens next and make me want to feel what's coming. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because it feels such like it's happened like 20 years ago, right? Even though it's just this Wednesday. And on any other week, Will, it would have been number one. I know. And that is like point blank. Like this moment was incredible because, and this was one of the things that I kind of felt like when I was watching this, first of all, I wasn't expecting to see Brian Danielson at all. Like the last time we heard, we seen him, he was emo. He was sad. He was depressed. He was ashamed. And, you know, he was going home. And well, then he comes but, back. But what was, but yes, but what did home actually mean? Exactly. See, and we didn't realize <laughs> that until afterwards, you know, but it is one of those things that like when you, when he came out, I fell, I fell for, for, for it. When he, you know, picked up Kenny Omega, I, I wasn't, it was, you know, I feel like in so many of these like wrestling moments, when you know, someone's going to turn, you can feel it. You're, you can feel the sense, right? It's there. Like there's a vibe. There's something you, you know, it's going to happen. They did a really good job, at least for me, where I did not expect any of it to happen. I was actually expecting to see good guy Brian Danielson here because we had been seeing so much of good guy Brian Danielson that my brain didn't be like, my brain wouldn't go in the direction of, oh, he's going to just, you know, do Kenny Omega dirty right now. It, it didn't. And, you know, and to me, I'm kind of glad that didn't happen because I was so happy to be surprised, to be swerved in this moment because I think it made me enjoy it that much more. And so to me, this amplified, because I think right now, AEW needed this. AEW needed a story like this desperately because even though they have a lot of really other great stuff going on, um, there wasn't anything that I really felt was like, you know, the main course of the show. And now it finally feels like they got that main course, something to really grab a hold of for the fans to tune in every week and see, hey, what the hell is going to happen with these? Because you have all these different layers. You got, you know, uh, there's just so much going on all in one story that I feel like you can uh, really, you can just enjoy what they're going to do every single week. So for me, like this finally feels like I have a, a big reason to make sure I'm tuning in if I didn't already have one. I think it's going to main event double or nothing, by the way. That's my prediction. I think that... Uh, Over MJF and like the pillars? I think, and I think they can um, because... What, this is the fifth Double or Nothing. Believe it or not, folks, the AEW title has only closed out Double or Nothing one time. Uh, and that was last year, CM Punk versus uh, versus Hangman Adam Page. But Double or Nothing 2020, Stadium Stampede did, which was Faction Warfare. 2021, Stadium Stampede did oh, shit. Uh, yeah, you're Faction right. Warfare. And last year, if it wasn't CM Punk, you could have made a minute with Anarchy in the Arena faction warfare that was amazing so i think honestly whatever they do with the factions this year given that it is the biggest story on the show they could close out with it and uh i don't see why not it feels like the biggest story they have and i hope they do anarchy in the arena man that was a fucking once yes. in a lifetime like thing that i really enjoyed it was a good time all right um let's continue on from here connor cunningham sends in a super chat saying the cody match is going to be long have you seen that ramp it's going to take roman an hour to walk down it's true though connor is bringing up a great point roman already takes a long ass time to get down there with that ramp that ramp was like two miles long yeah we joked about it when we were watching SummerSlam at your house but i pulled up and i want to pull it up just to be certain um roman reigns 
I find it funny that his entrance takes so long because his theme song is literally only two minutes and 57 seconds. So they just put the play on a loop, right? I know they play it on a loop. And that's so that's what I mean. He has more entrance than song. And that's always funny to me that uh, it loops every single time. He's never had an entrance under like three minutes in the last, uh, especially at SummerSlam this year. So I imagine WrestleMania, if his entrance goes, my suspected, I bet you it doubles. I bet you two minutes, 57 seconds. I bet you his entrance is over six minutes. No, I think that's I think that's low. I'm expecting a 10 minute entrance. <laughs> I'm not okay. expecting anything less than 10 minutes. I because think keep in mind they're gonna do something. I'm I'm assuming they're gonna do some sort of like maybe a little performance, a bit, a, a video package. I don't know. They're gonna do something, and you got to start counting it from there, right? Yeah. And then all of Roman's whole thing, it's gonna be ten. Like minutes, I said, that's why. Less. That is why I predicted an hour and five for everything total. Can the match, the entrances, video package, hour five. All right. Thank you so much to Connor uh, for sending in that super chat. Board Dude 630 says, how's Brian going to turn heel when he's been a bad guy the entire time? See, he, I had this whole, like, he tried to tell us podcast. That. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, no, what were you saying? For no. me, it's like, to me, he was a baby face during this whole entire time. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, um, I mean, okay, that, go for it. I, well, give your expert analysis while I have some coffee. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think he was playing the role of a babyface. But, I mean, there are times where, like, think about right before Forbidden Door when he came out to the ring and the crowd was all uh, cheering him on and he said that he has a replacement for himself uh, and it'll be revealed at um, Forbidden Door. And then where the crowd was like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be? And he said, I came out of the bad guy tunnel. I'm not telling you guys who it's going to be. You're going to have to wait. And... I remembered that because I said all that to say, Brian never stopped coming out of the heel tunnel. I get a hold of the, and so does Sean, um, but the AEW rundowns, uh, the show rundowns, it has a producer's list, all of that, but it also lists who's on the heel and face side. Brian internally has been listed as a heel since January of 2022. No matter what he's done, he has consistently been listed as a heel by the company. And I think they always knew that he was always going to go back and eventually be a part of whatever the Blackpool Combat Club's doing. I think... Even I think though they even, on the show and in the feuds, he was being booked as a babyface. I, I, I think what it was when it came to all of that was specifically Brian like feuding with MJF, for example. I think you can kind of tell the story that Brian tried to embrace the fans and it failed him. He didn't get the job done and he wasn't able to win the title on multiple occasions. And so for him... He's got to go back to what brought him to the dance in the first place, which was the Blackpool Combat Club, which was uh, stomping people's heads in and not caring what the fans think. I am glad, though, that they had this vision all along because you can tell it wasn't a last minute thing where we're sitting here talking about was he babyface? Was he a heel? And it all sort of, you know, played out to this specific moment. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, hey, Denise, the stage looked huge on TV. What was it like live? They need to bring back uh, golf carts back to shorten the entrances and more pyro would be great. Yeah, I would say more pyro would be great. I think there was two, maybe three pyro moments last night. And the stage was huge, man. It was massive. It looked like a whole ass building. Okay, like that was not a stage. That was a building right there. They need to do the uh, golf carts like they did at Royal Rumble 2017 where – 
Um, if you weren't in the building, you didn't know they used golf carts. Dude, um, Bianca, she runs out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a well, couple like, of people that ran out, but still, like, damn. Royal Rumble done. 2017, though, was my favorite because they did the, like, Mark Henry comes out for the Royal Rumble, and he, like, poses at the top of the stage. And then the cameras cut away, and he jumps on this golf cart, and they bring him, like, all the way down to the ring. And then the cameras cut back to him, and he's, like, already down to the ring. And, and I think that's a funny way of... Uh, speeding up people's entrances, and I can't help but wonder if how they could pull that off here. But I think they just like having people have the long walk. It's a great look, and especially the, the shots. Have you watched any of it on TV yet? No, but I um, was so I was seeing some of it on the screens, like what it looked mm -hmm. like from the TV version. I thought the uh, my favorite shot was actually the one behind the wrestler when he was already walking a little bit. I caught the Ray one, and it was just like you see Ray, you see the back of the stage, you see you you pretty much just see the sea of people. Like you don't really technically. That's exactly technically what I was talking the, about. That was my favorite shot. Yeah. Yeah, that shot where you can see the sea of eighty thousand fans. I think is uh, one of the best shots that they've had and getting to yeah. see that on the long walk is great stuff. No, it looked massive. Uh, Aaron Rui sends in a super chat saying, sad to hear from everyone that the John Cena match did not deliver and having an awful finish. Unless you're going to do it again, don't do it like that. See, I had a good time watching this match. I don't feel this way. Um, I don't know how it came across on TV, but I did have a good time. And I thought the crowd was really invested in like, in, in it like I felt like they were giving they were making sure to uh when uh theory was trying to get the heat the fans were giving it to him like you could feel that and I actually did enjoy this match and I I did I I, I know that they did your typical, you know, everything that they do, your ref bump, this and that. It was very, very, like, typical WWE, nothing new, nothing we haven't seen before. Um, So I would consider it maybe generic, but I, I honestly did not hate it. Well, oh, okay. I'm going to skip forward because I think your face is telling me everything I need to know. Mike T90K says, hey, Denise, you are the real MVP of WrestleMania weekend. Awesome coverage. Odds of Cody wearing a Bullet Club shirt to the ring and JY debuting after he wins. Uh, if I mustache Vince, I, I would do it. Uh, Mike T90K, thank you so much for the nice compliment. In terms of the Bullet Club stuff, I don't know, man. I know... I, I just feel like this is... Right now, this is... To me, this is Cody's moment and anything else. It just kind of feels like maybe it would be a little it would feel like too much this is a, this should be a really simple straightforward story in my opinion yes, great match between these guys a battle a war cody wins celebrates this to me feels very simple very easy but um thoughts on this will i hate when people again um don't overthink this i think that uh if it's going to be a moment for cody just let it be a Cody moment. Don't mm -hmm. do too much more with this. Don't, uh, I keep seeing people saying, well, what if such and such interfered in this match? Or what if like Randy Orton came out and caused Cody? Stop it. Stop. One-on-one -on -one scenario. The beauty of all the last few Roman Reigns stories uh, has been that the Usos have interfered. The You've had solo interference. You've had all of this stuff to help Roman Reigns retain his title all of these things and all i want for the moment where it finally ends is for none of that to happen i think they have the opportunity to tell that story and for roman to simply lose babyface celebrates and it's over that's all roll credits thanks for coming everybody we'll see you next time have a great night i don't need anything more anything else that we're talking about here You've got Raw the next night for that.
Nothing yes, else. exactly. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, hey, you know, I'm always giving hope for Alexa's involvement this weekend, and this could be nothing probably, but her poster on the stage was the only one that didn't move, and she is there backstage. I didn't I didn't notice what poster was moving and not moving, to be honest. Uh, I, I always hope to see Alexa, but I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anything that screams, hey, this is a moment where we're going to have her. Mm -hmm. I see somebody in the chat saying, will there be, will there be interference, though? No, I if I were writing I this, hope not. The best thing you could do for this to me is to signal interference and it not happen for Roman to like signal Usos come down and nobody comes down signal for solo nobody comes down and he Ooh, turns and that around ties and gets... into the promo where Cody said oh if you lose you're gonna lose everything and all of this yeah, yeah. and that's what I would like to see and then he turns around and gets hit with crossroads like Ooh. that would be the moment where oh, well, go sit down with Triple H man <laughs> or all of with them all of the interference honestly I think it would cap off Roman's reign for he's had all this interference, all this help. And the one time he doesn't has cost him. I would love to see it play out that way. Denisha Lane says, Denise, you did a great job hosting NXT Stand and Deliver. Thank you so much for sending in the super chat. It really makes me a lot. Very happy to hear people say that. Thank you so much. Um, okay, and we got another one from Mr. CJ Lilly. who says, lastly, congratulations, Denise, on the NXT gig. You look beautiful. What were those fans chanting behind you? Uh, next stop, main event pre-show is the next goal. Hey, man, that would be incredible. Um, it was crazy, man. There was just so much happening. I, I was hearing like a bunch of different chants. I can't even tell you what I was making out. And at the same time, I had so much going on in my head so but it was really nice when i came out though i did hear a hollywood chant well i nearly died i was like oh my god someone chanted hollywood at me the only time that's ever happened to me is at gcw, GCW. where a portion of the crowd on my debut show doing um ring announcing for gcw there was hollywood chants and that was like wow um so that was a moment but bear heads no, honestly I'm, I'm really happy for you this weekend like just seeing everything you've gotten to accomplish has been uh Great to watch from both up close and afar. Thank you. You got the behind the scenes, Will. <laughs> Fair Hudson sends in a super chat saying, I want to get everyone's thoughts on NXT Stand and Deliver. Does anyone expect Jay White or EJ and Dukkha to show up on Raw or NXT? So I'm still not there yet in terms of uh, the Jay White stuff. I don't know if I'm expecting it or not. I know there's you know been a lot of conversation. I know that was one of Sean's predictions. Um, so I'm like, hmm, I don't know if he's predicting that. I don't know, you know. But um, in terms of NXT Stand and Deliver, I really enjoyed uh, the women's last match i was very surprised with indy hartwell getting the win there but i thought the moment was really nice with dexter loomis coming in um but it was a very interesting uh i thought it was a very interesting decision uh given that i thought roxanne perez was a really strong champion and i kind of did feel a little bit bummed out that they really kind of didn't give her that much time as champion but i'm like okay i'm I, i'm interested to see where the storyline is going here i just hope it doesn't uh or also, I should mention that I wonder if this means anything in particular for Roxanne Perez and the Raw after Mania. And I'm thinking that that's part of the reason that, hey, she's not your NXT Women's Champion. Again, I don't know. But that's the vibe that I got. Um, okay. And then what else did I like? The NXT North American Championship match. A lot of fun to watch. Really enjoyed that one, too. Love seeing Carmella Hayes come out and all of the – why are you laughing, Will? And all the of the Lakers the gear. All of the Lakers gear. That was a great moment, too. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to highlight. Happy they had Alba Fire and Isla Dawn get the titles. That was definitely the right call um, based on the story and everything. And um, it's kind of it right now that I'm thinking about. Probably forgot everything else I wanted to say, but I'll probably get into it more on the NXT post show. Um, Will, uh, any thoughts or should we just continue on? 
I, uh, the only thing I saw from Stand and Deliver was the main event, and I was really happy for uh, Carmelo to get that. As far as Jay White and EJ and Duca is concerned, and uh, the chat's like, Will looks like he knows something. Um, of course I do. Uh, I will... I'll say this. Uh, EJ and Duca, no. Um, and, and if you ask me my confidence in that, 100%. Um, and as far as Jay White is concerned... Uh, raw, I'm thinking night after. Okay. I was going to say blink twice or blink once if you think this. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much to Bear Hudson for sending in this super chat. Now you got everyone's hopes up, Will, by the way. So if this doesn't happen, we're going to have to come back and yell at you. Go ahead. And if it does happen, then we can come back and celebrate you. Uh, Reggie Simmons said, look, you look confident. You're like, all right, all right. You're very confident. You look like that didn't bother you at all. I think that's telling us everything we need to know. Well, I don't know if he shows up raw after, but uh, I I do think he's uh, WWE bound. I'm pretty confident in that. Okay. Reggie Seven sends in a super chat saying, don't know how y'all do it. I feel like I watched four days of wrestling and post shows. Did you notice how TK kind of dropped that Jay White is WWE bound? What part was this? Sorry. Um, there was a question that Righteous Reg actually asked Tony Khan in the uh, media scrum where he asked uh, about signing certain talents to uh, contracts. But I noticed one of the answers Tony Khan gave was that he said that he is not in the business of signing away oh, talent yes! from his, his business partner, from his from his business partner specifically. He yes. said that. I mean, yeah, not, from his business partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, I'm not in the business of signing people from my business partners. And so that tells me that he did not uh, pursue any conversations about taking Jay White away from New Japan. Due and to if the, that's yes. the case, because that's a business Ooh. partner. And so if that's the case, Jay White left headed one direction, and we know where that is. Interesting stuff, guys. Reggie Simmons, thank you so much for the super chat. Much appreciated. Um, okay, and we got another one here from Izzy05 who says, I love the Cena match, but I'm biased. I'm 22, so I grew up on Cena. And it was my first time seeing him in person. I geeked out like I was 10 again. That was fun. It's always fun to see John Cena because, you know, we don't get to see him that often no more. He's Hollywood. Um, you so can't see John Cena. What are you talking about? <laughs> Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat saying, and Shibata beat Yuta. Uh, he effed around and found out. Dude, Tony Khan looked like a kid in a candy store during that press conference. He was so freaking excited. That was kind of cool to see. He was so excited mm -hmm. during that. All right, Mr. Higgles B sends in a super chat saying, what do you think Tony's announcement is? The Saturday show. Okay. Uh, CM Pepsi sends in a super chat saying, would Bullet Club really rejoice if Jay White comes to WWE? Finn, AJ, Cody, and Jay were all alphas. I'd like to see them each fight each other. Um, I feel like they should because it would give them something given that right now they're not doing anything. I want WWE to stop going to the Bullet Club well. I, I'm almost annoyed that... Gallows and Anderson re-signed. And since they don't have AJ, they're like, well, then screw it. They don't have anything. We're not even going to use Gallows and Anderson since we don't have AJ Styles. And I thought, do you have nothing else for these guys? Is there literally nothing else they can be doing on the show? Even if it's just having standard tag team matches, being in a feud with the Street Profits, anything else. You have nothing for these two guys because like, the Bullet Club can't be the only reason to use guys like AJ and uh, and Jay White. I hope Jay White signed with the understanding that there's creative for him beyond what he was already doing. 
Good stuff. Thank you, Will. All right, let's um, speed things up a bit here. Um, here we go. Uh, you haven't even given best. your number two. Holy crap. I know. That's why I'm like, shit, we got to hurry it up. Uh, second best of the week. Um, this one here could have easily been number one. Um, but the reason I'm giving it number two is because my number one, it was just a really great moment. But holy shit, what the hell is this? Sean Ross Sapp with a very generous super chat saying... I'm not going to troll today. We're also proud of Denise. Until you see it in person, you don't know the scope of the level of work she does and how much of a pro she is. There's nobody better prepared and more deserving than her for what she gets. Wow, Sean, I did not, I did not expect that at all. I almost don't know what to say. I almost, I almost feel like he, I'm going to get a D's nuts joke in two seconds. Um. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's I almost, great. I almost don't know how to react on air. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the reaction should be when you go in person and you're like, uh, all right, Sean, so, uh, or when you go to hit him up for your pay for yesterday, he's like, what? I just donated the Super yeah, Chat. I was going to say, I pay. feel like this is my pay for yesterday's uh, <laughs> appearance, and he just didn't want me to have fucking bug him via text or something. Hey, how much am I getting paid for tuning in for like three minutes? <laughs> okay, so I've been paid. But th technically, I'm sharing my pay with you. So there you go. So technically, Will got paid. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, thank you so much, Sean, for sending in the super chat. I'm I'm gonna take it with well intentions. Uh, thank you. All right. So um, let's get into. Uh, we got another one here from Mike T90 who says these nuts. Appreciate it. that. Should be our slogan, Will. After the week. And something these nuts. Yeah. All right. Second best of the week. Like I said, this was almost going to be number one. But the only reason is because you'll know what my number one is later. But this one here was a match that had me like standing up, cheering, clapping, had me proud as hell. And that was uh, taking us over to Ring of, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, uh, El Hijo del Vikingo uh, versus Commander in the opening match for the uh, AAA Mega Championship. That was fucking phenomenal, Will. Um, being there in person, uh, this was the reason why I went to that show. This match was the reason I said I'm going to Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, because I need to see this. There's no way I'm missing this match. And I was so bummed that I didn't get to go to the WrestleCon show because I heard the match that he had with Black Thaurus and just uh, everything that they did with uh, the commander and just uh, – Everything that happened on that show I heard was really good. So I kind of felt a little shitty that I didn't get to go to that show. But um, whatever. So I'll probably have to watch that back at some point or whatever. I'll figure that out later. But the point is that for this particular match, the this got like a kind of a standing ovation before the match even begun. Because I think this match felt incredibly special to the people. Um, you got to understand there is a huge, huge Hispanic audience in Los Angeles. And I thought that one of the things that Tony did very well on the Supercard of Honor show is that there were really big, um, a lot of the uh, Latino wrestlers got to really shine very well in multiple matches across the night. Uh, we got to see, obviously, the Lucha Brothers have their moment as well. That was a huge moment, too. But this one here was one that I think people were just waiting to see, like, I think this is a match that people wanted to just see things that they hadn't seen before or things that they hadn't seen at least in person before. And that is exactly what we got here with Commander and Vikingo. They were doing things that were so much fun to see where you're like, holy cow, how did he do that? How did he, how did he do any of this? And man, to me, this one kind of was perfect of the, uh, 
to me, they kind of did, did, did a really great job of representing what Lucha Libre is. And here's been my biggest thing, and I've talked about this a lot, and I'm not going to get into it because this could be a whole 20-minute conversation, but Lucha Libre uh, has not gotten the proper featuring. They have not been properly featured on any major uh, American wrestling promotion in years in terms of I feel we're finally starting to see uh, Lucha Stars luchadors get their moments on these big shows for a long time we weren't really getting it unless you know obviously Rey Mysterio was a game changer and he did so much and all of that but for a long period you don't really get to see people that you know have this background go out there and really be treated as like main event talent not just your fucking jobbers on the card and that's always been something that has been you know irritating to see because you know the talent is there and I'm so happy every single time we see people like the Lucha Brothers people like Bandito people like um freaking Elijo de Vikingo Commander um all of these wrestlers Sanchez Escobar there's so many different people that I can mention right now getting an opportunity to actually showcase what we can do and always like this felt they did a really good job of making it feel like a big deal making it feel like this was a must-see match a must-see moment where it wasn't like buried you know in the middle of nothing no this felt major i was so glad that they opened the show with this too um i was really happy with a lot of what they did with ring of honor um on that side of things as well because i thought that was a big takeaway uh, of the show and also a really good know your audience because that was actually one of my biggest criticisms for AEW Dynamite the first Los Angeles show was that they didn't put the Lucha Brothers on the main card for that Dynamite um they were on uh I think they were on Dark yeah they were yeah they were because they wrestled the Rampage uh right they were in Ontario though that was in Ontario but for Dynamite they got the biggest reaction and they weren't even on the actual show so for me that was one of my biggest like criticisms for that particular night so I thought that today or rather at Ring of Honor they sort of like Tony definitely fixed that and you can tell there was a really nice balance of giving the crowd something special but also I think that people based on what I saw on social media a lot of people were writing to me saying like damn this match was incredible this match was so good and that made me happy because again um, and I'm not going to get into this again but you know we talked heavily about you know a lot of the comments that were put out there when the match between Vikingo and Kenny Omega was announced and that was also part of the reason why I made sure to ask Tony Khan about this at the scrum because I know Tony Khan's a fan and so to hear his perspective of how he felt seeing uh, Vikingo versus Kenny Omega on Dynamite and then also Vikingo versus Commander I thought that was really cool to kind of hear his perspective from you know obviously he's a billionaire he's a booker he's a creator creative of all of this whatever right but first and foremost is a fan so I really liked getting that perspective so that's my number two I'm just now seeing that match. I just saw, watched it this morning while I was making breakfast, and uh, it was everything everybody said it was. Mm-hmm. So it, I loved it. <laughs> that right. it was great. Okay, and uh, let's continue on. Uh, it's time now for our worst. And will I still don't have a worst? Can I be honest? I don't know what I'm going to pick for worst. Um, but I feel like you have a really strong worst this week because you are very excited to talk about it. <laughs> so, Will, what's your worst of the week? I wish WrestleMania was a perfect show because it almost was. But uh, I think people are being generous to that opener when they say it was anything short of stinky because uh, (laughs) that match was no good. Um, John Cena 
I think it, this match represented the worst of Cena's instincts. Um, one, we, uh, we've always joked about how loud Cena is in the ring. But it's now become a parody of itself. When John Cena is yelling out, headlock, as he's about to apply a headlock. It's like Stop it, you were seeing that on TV? Oh yes. He's so he's so bad at it. And it's uh, it's gotten at parody levels now. And he is literally calling all his spots in the loudest way possible. And uh this match had maybe one or two good exchanges, but of course, it's like they just couldn't help themselves. The finish was the most cliche overdone uninspired nonsense uh on earth to the point of where i don't think it did anything for austin theory cena's lost to this before Uh, cena's lost to this finish a million times before cena's lost to this finish but he's lost to carlito on raw to this finish they've done this a million times referees knocked out some such and such taps out uh john cena stands up checks on the referee turns around gets low blowed hit with a finisher one two three we've seen that so many times in my 35 years of watching professional wrestling we've seen every baby face go through this exact finishing sequence it makes the baby face look incredibly dumb i feel like it does nothing for the heel because the heel didn't actually do anything to get the victory here uh and I think one Austin Theory's finisher is already kind of weak. And so I don't know. I didn't really get by the end of this. I didn't feel like Austin Theory was put over in any significant way. And I didn't think Cena gave much of a performance here. He basically gave a minimal effort John Cena performance. And the worst part is I liked a lot of this stuff presentationally. I thought Cena's entrance with the Make-A-Wish kids was really cool, really heartfelt. I thought that the G.I. Joe gear that he had was really cool. Uh, but then when we hit the match itself, I was... It, it basically existed. And then the finish was just... I thought it was dog shit. I thought that uh, it almost... You know when Cena said in that promo... Uh, where he kind of eviscerated Austin Theory, said that if you beat me, doesn't matter. I felt that here. (laughs) I felt that. I was like, and you know what? I don't care. I don't care that Austin Theory won. I didn't get a moment of, oh, Austin Theory just beat the GOAT. I feel like there's so many ways they could have delivered that. Like, think about the way John Cena put Kevin Owens over back in 2015, right? Where he did it in such a fashion where people were like, oh, my God, Kevin Owens just beat John Cena, beat him clean. uh, And we've never seen Cena put over anybody like that. Um, Or the way, like, Cena's lost in decisive ways or at least ways that have made his opponent look like damn, they just took the torch from John Cena. This didn't feel like that at all. This felt like those times where Cena's lost on a Monday Night Raw in 2005 to like, like I said, to like Carlito or some shit. And nothing happened with Carlito after that. I didn't like this. I didn't like any parts of this. And I hope they have a better plan for Austin Theory than that because this wasn't it. I thought this was weak. 
I'm gonna. I want to rewatch this match on TV because I felt differently about it in person. I thought in person it was kind of fun. The crowd was. I think what really helped was that the fact that the crowd was very, uh, like I said, it was very generous in terms of they were reacting to everything. Because I think people they wanted to have a good time. It's WrestleMania. It's the opening match, and I do think that when you're in there and you're hearing the crowd react to things, I do think it changes your uh, perception of you know what you're seeing. Where maybe on TV, if I were watching this on TV, I probably would have felt the same way you did and i did feel like i said earlier i did feel that the booking of this match was very very generic when it's like we got the ref bump and all of this i'm thinking okay well this feels pretty uh laid out um i just i did not feel as strongly as you did in terms of like hating it or disliking it and again i think a huge reason for that was just being there uh in person and that being the opening match of the night and people legitimately wanting to uh, just enjoy themselves. And I think that's why I didn't see the match the same way that you did. But I know that there were people that said that they didn't like it. And, you know, we just had somebody bring it up too. Um, so yeah, I'm it, seeing it all in the chat. And yeah. like a, a good example that um, I want to give Eagle David McLeod credit for this uh, is where he says that AJ Styles beating John Cena is a great example of Cena putting over a heel in a fashion that makes the heel look like damn, they just took one from John Cena. They just put the goat down. But the fact that, like, Cena beat Theory here, like, he put him in the STF and he tapped out. At that point, game over. He's already lost. Yeah, but you're right, because to me, that basically says we don't have the, uh, we don't, we don't have the faith in you just yeah. yet completely to fully give you this clean win over John Cena. And that is exactly what that tells me. What they tells me is, yeah, they, we like you, Theory. We really do. We think there's a lot of potential. But you know what? You're also not the guy right now. You're not technically the next guy right now. And that is what that finish tells you. Like, yeah, we like you a lot. You're going to have a great future. But at the same time, well, we're not ready to go all the way and give you everything just yet. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I felt in terms of the actual finish. Um, we got a super chat here from Lab Glass who says, I'm catching you two live. Great job at NXT. Denise Cena Theory almost put me to sleep. <laughs> Man, I really need to rewatch this match on TV <laughs> because holy shit, I feel like I almost feel like left out in this where I did, again, uh, you know, I had my Especially as somebody who didn't like Cena growing up because I, I when I, you were I younger. I was even a John Cena fan. I know. I hated and I, John Cena. And I love John Cena. Are you kidding me? In my early podcast days, that was like the thing I was known for was defending John Cena on the internet. And the fact that here I am right now feeling like Cena didn't bring it here. I can't believe that's how I feel, but I truly do. Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right. Well, thank you so much for your very passionate uh, worst of the week. And um, damn, I feel super lame, Will. I really do feel super lame because I was looking at this, I uh, was looking at, you know, obviously getting to watch Raw, getting to watch NXT, Dynamite. I didn't get to watch SmackDown. Um, I haven't even watched the Hall of Fame yet. Um, so for me, I didn't, there wasn't anything that I can honestly say and sit here that I hated, that I disliked. And I feel like I need to give an answer, but I also feel like I'm kind of forcing myself to pick something that I considered worse. Like I'm looking at the raw car, like the raw show. And yeah, it could have been a stronger, you know, go home show into WrestleMania. But was there anything that I hated on this card? No, everything was fine. It was straightforward. There was nothing that I hated on this show. Uh, NXT 
also very straightforward too. I mean, probably like the match that was least interested was probably like Valentina Feroz versus Electra Lopez. Uh, maybe Hank Walker and Drew Ge- Drew Gulak wasn't something that I totally loved. I'm looking at AEW Dynamite, and the only match that I didn't really care for was Dalton Castle and the Boys versus the BCC. But that was a quick squash that led to so much more and was just that wasn't even to me like the BCC was serving a different purpose, and this was just part of that purpose that they were serving. Um, I did. Uh, I thought Orange Cassidy versus the Butcher was just okay too. Um, it oh, the one thing that I will say that I did dislike though when it comes to, but see, I also didn't hate it as much to put it on worst of the weeks because we had Ruby versus Willow and I loved that match. But I'm so tired of seeing the exact same thing at the end with the post match angles with the uh, running in of Riho and uh, it, it, to me, I feel like we're seeing the same thing. Like you already know the Outcast are going to be out there outnumbering you know, whoever it is that their, you know, their opponent is for that week. And then we always see, you know, the faces come out running out at the end. And to me, it's like, okay, we've done this now, the same thing, copy and paste for like three weeks back to back, I feel. So, but even then it's not enough for me to put it on my worst of the week. So I feel fucking lame, Will. I don't have any passion for anything that I thought was horrible. I didn't think anything was horrible this week. What do Um, I do? Uh... I don't know. You you don't have anything. Like, did you have any bad experiences this week, or has every experience been pretty good? Everything's been good. All right. Well, then we'll just <laughs> look. We'll pick for Denise. The today's I'm Denise's sorry, worst I don't pick. Have anything today? Like, I really don't. All right, Denise's worst of the week. We're just gonna say, fuck Rick Steiner. You know what? There you go, because I was irritated about that. And I made sure to speak about that on Twitter and stuff. Joey Grella says it. Worst of the week, Rick Steiner. Um, Really, that's it. Honestly. I'm sorry, guys, by the way. Usually, I feel very passionate about my worst of the week. But this this week, I just didn't have anything. And I don't want to... Here's the thing, Will. I don't want to force anything because i'm not a gimmick you know i don't like to be a podcaster gimmick i'm gonna be straightforward with the people all the time and if i don't think i don't have anything on this one um pylon says vince's mustache that was funny to watch i saw the picture i did see the picture of vince's mustache it looked ironic it looked just it doesn't go nobody got it right though by the way because the the piece people missed from it when that story came out that vince showed up to raw in boston with a mustache there was all of this talk about like oh my god how does the mustache look but there was another piece in that story that i feel people weren't isolated enough on which was that they said he showed up with a mustache and a bad hair dye job and uh everybody was so focused on the mustache that when the picture came out and this man looks like gomez adams with this super dark hair and this uh Super thin mustache. I think everybody was picturing like I'm uh, up the picture right now. Everybody's picturing the the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the hair dye and the mustache. Okay, Looking... I have a question for you, an honest question. Do mm-hmm. you think Vince? Oh, and the brows. Why didn't you talk about the brows, bro? The brows. <laughs> yeah, like what is this? I don't understand what's happened here. Okay. But do you think? Vince is doing the mustache on purpose to distract people from talking about, you know, um, the other no, stuff. No, because I don't think. Do you think he's doing the mustache to distract people? I don't know. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't look at this without laughing. I dare you. I mean, I think it was one of those for the first time in his life. He was sitting at home. Not traveling to a wrestling show, not traveling on the road for WWE. He did the female like, version of getting bangs and dyeing your hair red. 
exactly. He looked in the mirror and was like, I'm going to dye my hair and I'm going to grow a mustache. <laughs> I, don't, you know I don't blame him. I dyed my hair blue during the pandemic. So, you know what? I get was maybe running through Vince's head. <laughs> All right, Van Twinblade uh, sends in a super chat saying, worst of the week, Shaza lives in St. Louis now. This chat brought to you by the fund to make Shaza versus SRS happen. Uh, thank you so much to Van Twinblade for that. Thank you, Van um, All right, then, and let's press on from here. We got Mike T90K who says, who are we watching at the next Lil Uzi Vert concert? Denise, Sean, Meltzer? Who are we catching at the next Lil Uzi Vert concert? You know, I only knew Lil Uzi Vert because my twin brothers aren't a fan. That's how I knew Lil Uzi Vert. I don't know. Or I don't know if they're big fans or they just mentioned him. I don't know. I mean, know you how don't know, know that Lil song Uzi that he Bird. performed? Like, that's, no, Will. That song I didn't is know everywhere. Song. That song is everywhere right now. And so I, I was actually like, props to WWE for having a very mainstream that's, song performed going into the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so that was that. Um, but also, he's a big wrestling fan. There's been pictures of him at the Nightmare Family. He was at Grand Slam. Tony Khan brought him out on stage at Grand Slam. That you were at? Well, didn't you go to Grand Slam? The no, 2020, I'm, I'm, no, 2021, no. you didn't go? No, nope, oh, nope, I've um, never been to Grand Slam. Damn, all right. Well, uh, that's right, Sean went. Um, I was at Grand Slam. And yeah, Tony Khan brought Lil Uzi Vert out on stage. And uh, they, I took a picture of it. And it ended up going viral because of the fact that Lil Uzi Vert has such a following on Twitter that when I posted that, it got picked up by his fans, and uh, I had all of them in my mentions, not wrestling people whatsoever. So it was a big deal that he got to perform here. Do I like Lil Uzi Vert music? No, I'm 35. Uh, but it was... Uh, Is he for, like, young people? Because my twin my, brothers are, like, 12, and that's how uh, I knew about him. And that's how I knew it was a good get, because I'm like, okay, if 12-year-olds know who this guy mm-hmm. is, and they're, like, the market for, like, what's popular, I guess, I don't know, Um, I was like, okay, this must be somebody that felt like a big deal. Yeah, so I watched WrestleMania with, uh, with my kids. My daughter uh, had the boy over and he's oh, a big the, the uh, friend the boy the friend yes uh and he's he knew Lil Uzi Vert he knew the music and I know all of it because I can't know is he them. like 10 12 12 right there right? you my, go his demo yeah. is 12 year old boys <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and my daughter will be 12 this year so she knows all this stuff but I keep track of what my kids are into so like this is how I know these things and granted his music is not for kids but they know it just because I TikTok. feel like I'm just not. I'm guess is he like? Did he get popular off of TikTok or something? Is that what uh, happened? Because I feel like if you got popular off of TikTok, I'm not gonna know you. I don't know TikTok famous people. I'm not. Yeah, um, I mean his, that song specifically is very popular on TikTok. So there's that. That's what I mean. If something's really popular on TikTok, chances are I'm, I don't know about it. Uh, I'm. I'm. Nah. Okay. Well, anyways, we, moving on from here. Um, let's continue on. Where the hell are we at? Best of the week. Here we go. Oh, we have a word from our sponsor. Yes, we do. Let's get into our word from our sponsor. Well, you get yourself a bonus for that. Um, <laughs> here we go, everybody. So, um, Wrestle Rumble has been sponsoring all of my podcasts this week, including Speak Now Pro Wrestling and After the Week. And they are having the Classics, which is basically a raffle. Um, if you head on over to WrestleRumble.com, you can purchase an entry to enter their raffle to win and take home a belt. The third place winner is taking home an Intercontinental Championship. The second place winner is getting the Winged Eagle uh, Dual Plated Championship. And the first winner is getting two Classic Tag Team Championship belts. Uh, you guys 
guys know this stuff is expensive. Can you imagine purchasing an entry and winning? Um, I think that's really freaking awesome. So if you want to have, uh, you know, you never know. If you're feeling lucky, head on over to WrestleRumble.com. I do have the link in the description box below where you guys can go ahead and enter. The drawing is tonight and the deadline to actually enter um, at WrestleRumble.com for the classics for the title giveaway is right before WrestleMania. So 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the dot is when it closes. So this is now the chance to enter. Head on over to WrestleRumble.com. And please, guys, show them some love on Twitter, Instagram, all of the social medias, and let them know you heard about them here on my podcast so that they can make sure uh, to continue sponsoring uh, to continue sponsoring us because they really do um, do a lot of cool stuff for wrestling. Um, so once again, WrestleRumble.com. And those dual-plated tag team titles are amazing. Nice. Super nice. Dual-plated belts are the best thing you could possibly walk away with. And uh, this one is super heavy. It it feels like a million bucks. You want the dual-plate. That's what I was looking for, by the way. I'm like, I know I have that belt around here. Uh, (laughs) And I'm I'm in the process of getting a new shelf because these only hold four. And uh, I have eight now. So I need to get a set. Like, I have just belts just, like, scattered around. I got to figure that out. All right, um, Will, what is your best of the week? <sighs> My best of the week. I know people think they know what it's going to be. They think that I'm going with the main event of WrestleMania. And they're correct because the main event of WrestleMania. Damn, I thought uh, you were going to go a different direction, and I was really excited because I wanted to talk about what I thought you were going to talk about, but continue on. Uh, did you think I was going to say Charlotte and Rhea? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was actually hoping you were going to pick Charlotte and Rhea. But I I can't in good conscience go with Charlotte and Rhea over uh, – I, I want to, but there was one little pet peeve I had with Charlotte and Rhea, um, and that was the ending. Uh, not enough to put it in worst, but I think Charlotte sitting up immediately after the finish uh, and kind of giving the, huh, you got me look, and I thought – you the finish literally just had you knocked out it was literally centered around you being knocked out by the ring post she should have just been laid out and i hated her sitting up and that was enough for me to not for it to not go above anything else on this list dude i didn't even catch that oh they didn't only did it they centered on her on the camera they like showed her sitting up on the stage just looking and looking up at ria and smiling and going you got me and i thought no you were knocked out by this finish you should have been out. It was a, an amazing match, but the smiling killed it for me. Um, Shit. I thought, God damn it. I, I hate that she no-sold that loss because... You think she, she did it for a reason? Or no? um, I mean, the fact that they centered on it camera-wise was... Uh, like, that's the kind of finish you do when you got, like, rolled up. And, right, and it's uh, like, oh my God, she just got me by Yeah, the you video. got me, and yeah. you're, like, giving them the applause. I'm like, you got me, damn. But she was literally laid out and I feel like she should have just been selling the, that entire time. Or at least wait for Rhea to get to the top of the ramp. But it was immediately after. As Rhea is standing in the ring with the belt, they cut to Charlotte. And she's like smiling and giving her applause. Like, you got me by knocking me out off the top rope with your uh, with your finisher. Like, no, I, I couldn't take that. That was... Man, I'm telling I you, did. it's a different experience when you're there and you're like 10th row in the floor. So it's like, I'm seeing like back of heads and I got to be moving side to side, mm-hmm. that type of deal. So I'm really upset that I missed that. 
portion yes. of it. Uh, but the main event, on the other hand, I thought was perfect from beginning to end and ending and all. Uh, just thinking about the idea that I said this yesterday on the Fightful Post show, but the Usos probably knew from the time they loved professional wrestling that they were going to be a tag team and that they were going to do whatever they did together. But can you just imagine the idea that anybody who's ever dreamt of being a tag team, nobody whose dream was being a tag team thought that they could do it in the main event of WrestleMania because it wasn't possible. We've seen one tag match close out WrestleMania and it was a star-studded match that featured Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. It wasn't about tag teaming themselves. Same with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If the two of them ever dreamed of main eventing WrestleMania, there was only two ways that was going to happen. One of it was either against each other. No, that was pretty much it. Against each other was the only way that those two could have ever seen themselves main eventing WrestleMania. But as a tag team, no way, especially for the tag team titles. And the fact that a story was compelling enough and hot enough to make it to the main event of WrestleMania. And we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, the biggest reaction I felt of the night. That when his music hit, the crowd went nuts for it. Uh, they were singing his music. Everything felt really, really good here. The Usos um, also coming out with a very mainstream theme, with a very mainstream song. Uh, and uh, the match itself. Sorry, before we get to the match. The PWG stuff on their gear also. Notice that immediately. And it reminded me that we always especially today there's this kind of line drawn between internet fans right now where they're like you could either be wwe style or you could either be or you could do indie style wrestling and to see kevin owens and Sami Zayn, two guys that i became aware of via independent wrestling and them getting to this stage and showing an homage to their roots in independent wrestling in reseda california at pwg a place that you're very familiar with and it reminded me in that moment no, it's all a pipeline. It all goes together. Pro wrestling, whether we're going to the indies, whether we're going, or whether it's coming from the indies, whether it's coming from uh, the performance center, all of it leads one place. And they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can do it. And that's all before the bell rang. The bell rings. This match is off the charts. Good. The storytelling uh, was everything it needed to be. Uh, them going for certain things off the bat, showing that there's there's real rage and animosity here. Uh, and then as the match progressed, you start to see the Usos get to isolate Sami Zayn, shouting at him, you should have stayed with the bloodline. Uh, you should have just done what we said. This is your fault, Us. And then beating the crap out of him. Uh, and some of the near falls. I thought Sami Zayn kicking out of the 1D. I bought that. I fell for it. Uh, and... Kevin Owens kicking out of the Uso splash fell for that as well. The moment Sami Zayn gets tagged in at the end of the match is genuinely, from my point of view, watching on TV, and I've watched a lot of wrestling in 35 years, I can't think of a hotter tag I've ever seen in my life. When they did that big pan out shot and showed 80,000 fans on their feet, screaming their heads off, and Kevin Owens hits the tag, and everybody screams their head off, and he comes in and hits those three haluva kicks on Jey Uso, uh, and 
gets the pin one, two, three. This was one of the most feel-good endings I've ever seen to a WrestleMania ever. Uh, this was up there with me, or up there for me with WrestleMania, with WrestleMania 30. Just a great feel-good moment. I thought this was the best possible ending for Sami Zayn. For him to be standing in the main event of WrestleMania, he got to finish the story. He got to do it with his best friend be, uh, by his side. He got to do it with three of his finishers back to back to back decisively. And we go off big pyro, big everything. I was so into this. I wanted to run into the streets screaming but because naked. this was the, yeah i did i wanted to just run out of my house celebrating i'm like can't do that i have a podcast to do uh so, so next wrestlemania we're gonna see will streaking at wrestlemania but i was so happy uh this was easily one of the best wrestlemania endings of all time and even thinking about it in the moment i can't think of very many better and more pitch perfect than this all right, what have you got so for me denise so, Will, what I've got for you is that this was also my best of the week. And I'm going to say this now. I wanted to do an honorable mention with Charlotte and Rhea because I did think that match was freaking incredible. I thought they delivered so Would've well. Would have been four on my list. Yeah, that's why I told you I wanted to do four or an honorable <laughs> mention of some sort because this was the one that I wanted to put. The only reason why I put um, – Ray and Dom ahead of this one was only for the simple fact of the audience reaction that and the special moment with the, the entrances and all of that. That's the reason why I put that one above it. But um, in terms of moments, it was more so a moment thing. But in terms of like match quality, that match was legitimately that was up there for me for the entire night in terms of what I thought was just really good. And I thought they did a hell of a freaking job. And anyway, so and that's a big time honorable mention there. I wanted to put it on the list, but my best of the week is also going to the Uso, Sammy and Kevin Owens. And you mentioned right now going back to the PWG days and Reseda actually go further than that. Um, I was going to the PWG shows at the Jewish Jewish Life Communities or Jewish Community Center. I forget if it was Jewish Life Community Center or Jewish Community Center in freaking Hollywood. This was a tiny ass little building. Uh, fit, I don't even know how many people, but I was freaking going to those shows, seeing, uh, you know, seeing Al Generico, seeing Kevin Steen, seeing all of these freaking people. I posted the picture of that of that in that building on uh social media you can find it up there on my twitter page and so i remember and there's actually a story that i'm gonna save because i want to make sure if i ever interview sammy Zayn, um there's a particular story that i have been wanting to share with him uh it's something stupid but something that meant a lot to me at the time and i'm gonna save it for the day that i interview sammy Zayn in regards to those pwg days but with that being said, I started thinking like, oh, my God, I was in that building numerous times watching them. It was a little gym. It was it was practically a gym. I don't know what the hell it was. It was a center, a center, I guess, whatever. And I remember being there and seeing them wrestle and all of this. Right. And then I'm thinking like I'm looking around when they came out, when they came out and I started looking around at the freaking SoFi Stadium. And I just thought, my God. To think where these guys were at and where they were performing and obviously doing, you know, heart, they're putting their heart and soul. It didn't matter that it was, you know, X amount of people versus 80,000 people, whatever. To see the contrast and comparison of that was tremendous. And you're right. There was, if they were ever going to wrestle WrestleMania, the most likely scenario, a main event WrestleMania, the most likely scenario was them against each other to see them go out there and have this best friend moment 
fuck, that's nice. I can't even like, Will, think about this. Like, how lucky of a moment is that to go out there, be main eventing with your best friend? I can't even, and, and not even just best friend of like one year, two years, years where you guys both, you know, started from the bottom. Now you're here, you know, it's, it's, it's tremendous. And so because of that, that was really, I think what catapulted this to be such a special moment, such for it to be the number one, to see them go out there. You mentioned the three Haluva kicks, that moment where Sami Zayn had uh, Jey Uso kind of like down on his knees and he's kind of like bringing up his head. That was so important and to me like it was a little thing and then getting him with those three haluva kicks was really just a cherry on top of all of this man um finally them winning that was phenomenal but then also the media scrum uh well i don't know if you've seen it just yet but they uh this was really great so you know they're out there only for like what 13 minutes i think talking to the media and they have such a good bond i really the, the video by the way i clipped it out too if you only want to watch that specific portion but there is i clipped out the sammy zane portion that you can sammy zane and kevin owens portion the whole their whole portion on here on youtube but then i also clipped out another specific portion which was the question that i got to ask sammy because it was during this that i thought he not only gave a really good answer but we also saw like a really funny interaction between him and kevin owens i asked sammy zane about you know, people calling him the MVP of WWE and asking him how that feels in terms of like validation for his like validation, right? And so he gave a great answer and it was the most Sami Zayn answer that you can get. And then on top of that, he had this really hilarious interaction with Kevin Owens and about the Snickers and all of this. Um, really take your time to watch that one because it was really enjoyable to see. You're literally just going to see two friends having a good moment, this and that. On top of that, you... um. They did talk about PWG. They did talk about Super Dragon. I was so happy that they actually mentioned Super Dragon specifically uh, right at the top, right at the beginning, because it was the first question that was asked. And then at the end, they also spoke about Mark and Jay Briscoe. And they said, you know, at the beginning, we said if it wasn't for Super Dragon and PWG, we wouldn't be here. But two other guys that we wouldn't be here without was Mark and Jay Briscoe. And that was a really good moment, too, just to kind of close out the uh, nights, giving people, you know, the, the proper due, right? So yeah, all of this tops bottom. Right. Yeah, you gotta watch this will like it's 13 minutes watch it i think you'll really enjoy the press crump with them that was definitely the highlight um in terms of what we got for the press conference for sure um so yeah it had to be my number one hands down um we got a we got a couple of super chats here um from uh this one's from dream dream ninja 77 who says i took it like sasha smiling after her bianca match proud of what they did they just didn't have focus they shouldn't just have focus on charlotte at all it was my favorite match says dream ninja uh the only thing is that again sasha got hit with a finish but she didn't go into a ring post and go blimp and dead in the finish of that match so it's like i can believe that Sasha was stunned momentarily and but in the end was applauding Bianca and they did let some time pass but like the finish that we got there was literally Sasha I mean not Sasha Charlotte was knocked out by the ring post and then got hit with um, the avalanche riptide and so I just it was one little thing but bell to bell I think that's one of the best women's matches in Wrestlemania history.
Agreed. Agreed. Top Thank you so much sure. to Dream Ninja 77 for sending this in. Marcus Ryan, also welcome. Thank you so much for being a new member here of the YouTube channel. Guys, all this WrestleMania talk, the Wrestling Rewind, a bunch of shows that I did with Will too. Um, there on the members only tab, you get to watch all of the WrestleMania uh, recaps that I did, re-watching all of them from 1 through 38. Uh, thank you so much to Marcus Ryan for becoming a new member. We got another super chat from Dream Ninja 77 who says, Aria and Charlotte was my favorite match, but the main event was pure wrestling magic, much like Sasha Bates in Brooklyn it was just pro wrestling as an art thank you so much Dream Ninja and I think we uh can safely say that we both agree with that statement as well and then um all right so there you go and AU says Denise got the best answer from Sami Zayn legit well go check out his answer it's I'll tremendous. check that out the, um and it's tremendous next insightful but also funny and endearing uh all all of the things um so the guys um Johnny sends in a super chat saying favorite WrestleMania normal tag team match. Um, I would definitely say WrestleMania. Oh, uh, unless you don't want to include the WrestleMania. I'm guessing he doesn't want us to include the WrestleMania um, TLC match at 17. Because that was literally yes. when you think of best tag team matches. That is literally what pops up like like fast in my head. But I also do like there's to me um, just because this is the first thing that popped into my mind was um, Rhonda and Kurt teaming with Triple H and Stephanie, which is super random. But it was the first thing that popped into my head right now. I just watched that yesterday. Uh, damn it. I'll have to give that some thought. Uh, yeah, stay tuned to my Twitter because I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now on just like standard WrestleMania tag team matches uh, that obviously wouldn't have included. Um, like a TLC or anything right. like that, or a special stipulation, or multiple teams, I guess. Yeah, I'd have to really give that some thought. Tim um, Tim um, Weinbrenner says, uh, hoping Gunther loses the Intercontinental title and they package him with a manager that helps his promo skills because he's so boring. I completely disagree, Tim. I thank you for sending in the super chat, but I completely disagree. I do not think he's boring. Um, uh, and I do not think that he should lose the Intercontinental title. Uh, Will, where are you on this? Uh, I don't think he should lose the title because at this point, it's a really important reign. And I think he should top Honky Tonk Man because Honky Tonk Man sucks anyway. So um, I think he should just beat that record. And uh, I like it when records get modernized. So let's do it. Awesome. Just go all the way with him. Thank you so much to Tim Weinbrenner for sending in your hot take. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Um, so thank you so much. Before we exit off, though, Will, we will be back tomorrow for a bonus show to talk about night two. But it's not just going to be you and I. Um, we're bringing on a Righteous Reg will be on the show, too. I know. It's uh, going to be like Grapsity with Denise replacing Phil. I will. I tried to bring Phil on, but Phil's Phil's a hot commodity, man. He couldn't make it. He's gonna be out in Hollywood doing his thing, so he couldn't be on the show. Um, so I couldn't get Phil, but I tried to get Phil. Um, so it'll be me, Will, and Reg here tomorrow. Um, so as a fun bonus show, we'll be here talking about night two of WrestleMania, and that show is gonna be at nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is twelve p.m. Eastern Time. Yes. Yes. Noon yes. Eastern, 9 okay. a.m. Pacific. Yes. Thank you. So that'll be up here um, tomorrow. And then, of course, WrestleMania Night 2 today. Guys, all of the Scrum videos from Night 1 are here on my channel. I got copyrighted, so please watch what you can because I kind of got screwed with the copywriters, copyright stuff. But um, please give the video some love. Also, tons and tons of interviews that I did. They're up here. You name them. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, um, Bobby Lashley. Oh, my God. I'm blanking on everybody that I talked to. There are so many people. Um, check those interviews 
is out, guys. That is how I make my money back. I pay people to do my makeup. I pay people to do my hair. I pay people to come out here and uh, for this event to shoot my content with me. And the only way to make that money back is you guys checking out those videos on YouTube. So please give those some love. Um, and then uh, we got one super chat here from Sean Gignac who says, most anticipated match of tonight, um, obviously Roman Cody. Uh, and Will, I know you mentioned Roman Cody uh, earlier today as well. Um, but Will, where can the people find you? Where can people support you? All of that good stuff. Uh, follow me on my Twitter. I just crossed 17,000 followers. Um, and then actually I said that last night. Now I'm at 17,100. So, um, but either way, keep following me on on my Twitter. Um, and really just a thank you to everybody who's supported all the content that I've been a part of and have been creating these last, this past week. Uh it's been just a lot of fun, and this has been one of the most fun weeks in covering professional wrestling, and I'm always going to bring you more. I'm always going to keep doing more, whether it's on this channel, whether it's on Fightful, or wherever else I'm doing things. You're going to keep seeing more of me. If you're sick of me, too bad. Yeah. Uh, and just a big, big thank you to everybody who checked out this extended edition of the show, because uh, there's actually a great live turnout, and... Uh, this is the most we've ever talked, but honestly, like Denise has got to go. She's got a lot to do today. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. Seriously. Thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. See you later.